wholesome, life, real life, a thing that we have been denied for far too long. Good morning, my neighbors! And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin, it's best film ever. My name is Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. And I'm Georgia. Hey, and that's the gang. And we are back for episode 60, coming to America. Can I just say, what a boppable intro. Yeah, yeah, you know, we were all grieving. <laughs> 60 episodes <laughs> in. I mean, we don't play it every week. We play it on the outro every week. And, yeah, I'm, and, yeah. I, and I'm not tired of it. It's, no, it's all right. I mean, the, I mean the mixture with Eddie Murphy talking and oh. the... And our intro, it sounded really cool. I yeah, it, it does. It does line up nicely. It does. It does. It does. And uh, speaking of boppable, we have been boppable in a bunch of places. So let's go ahead and hit the ground running here. Great so great. we charted this week in home here in Great Britain. Yay. Top 50, 43rd, 43rd. Wow, yeah. cool. Canada, Canada, Australia, Germany, cool. uh, Sweden, <laughs> Denmark, Italy. Uh, we were, I'm trying to figure out something in reverse order here. Uh, we were number 28 in India. Number 25 in Switzerland. Number 15 in Malaysia. Wow. Number four in South Africa. Wow. Which I think is new for us. Yeah. I think it might be. So hello to South Africa. And we're number 39 in all of TV and film. That is brilliant. Hey, that was very cool. cool. Yeah. And it's a shame it wasn't last week because it would have been fitting. But we have a number one film review podcast in Sierra Leone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> number two in all of TV and film. And we're in the top 150 overall podcast in Sierra Leone. That is brilliant. That well, is maybe crazy. that's the result that of last week's episode. Maybe, maybe it is. We love you, Sierra Leone. So it is a birthday special in a way. Yes. So, uh, and hey, I'll take a belated birthday present in yeah, far that goes. So, um, and that would be Back to the Future Part 2 we're talking about, which mm-hmm. was our birthday party. We had so many of our friends from across the podcast universe, some yeah. people who we know in real life, some people who we don't, some people who run podcasts, some people who don't and just wanted to weigh in. And it was great to get to hear a little bit from all of them. It was lovely to hear the voices. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Uh, although for a lot of them who have podcasts, you can hear their voices by like, you know, well, yeah, yeah. listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> kind of an audio true. medium. That's very true. Um, and so we also released last week a uh, real roundtable on best travel vacation movies. Mm-hmm. Our number one being, what was the number one? Uh, <laughs> The one I've, the one number I've, two was Little Miss Sunshine. What was it? Forgetting one? Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Oh, was it Forgetting Sarah Marshall? I haven't seen those two movies. That's a great movie. <laughs> so much to do something on that. We should. I'll tell you why I forgot about that in a second. Uh, and then coming up this week, we've got uh, Liam, me, and you talking about Ozark is hitting yeah. included for takeoff, a Netflix original series Ozark. So if you're wanting to catch up on that, why don't you go ahead and watch episode one of Ozark and then hear me and Liam discuss that, or Liam and I discuss that on Friday. Yeah, I won't say too much on so. talking the mickey we had thor drop last week uh and we had on both dreams surprise surprise if you're listening to this you're like what is this what is this falcon and the weekly soldier that's dropped yeah. off but that was uh that was some of us getting together and talking about marvel's latest uh latest offering yeah tv hosted by ethan yes yes 
which was and we we definitely let him have a fair shot at it. There are some there are some we're, growing we're pains. Just he, just to, him. to be yep. fair, he's edited a lot of the growing pains out. But no, it's kind, it's kind of his baby. So good, yeah, good, for, good for him on that. No, no, well done, I'm glad to see him stepping up. And uh, if you're into uh, Marvel properties, I mean that's something we're going to try. We're, we're going to try this out. And if people seem to like it, then we'll do. Then, then we'll then we'll do. We'll continue doing stuff like this. Yep. And so it's it, it's our first shot. We did something similar on the other feed on uh, talking to Mickey for Wandavision, mm-hmm. but we thought we'd give this a go, and so we have. Also, just a couple quick more promos. Georgia, you have an episode on the Jock Doc podcast coming out. Yeah, I do. So you got to do some on sort the- of improv. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So the Jock Doc podcast is a uh, medical based podcast hosted by Doctor London Smith uh, and his producer. Um, and they have guests come on to the podcast um, to talk about various different bits and pieces. Um, and I was uh, lucky enough to go on it um, and an alter ego sprung out uh, in the form of, I believe her name was Tallulah. Uh, so, her yeah, it was, was a lot of fun. And we, we will, I didn't sing, no. And, 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 and <laughs> do we know when that hits, Georgia? Uh, 12th of April, I 12th believe. of April. And we'll, we'll promo that and have stuff up on the Twitter feed. On that note, I got to spend a couple hours with Chuck from Chuck Goes to the Movies, yeah. where uh, that movie I forgot, Forgetting <laughs> Sarah Marshall, uh, I got to talk about that for, for a good couple of hours with him. And so we're actually releasing, he's releasing that on April 2nd. So that's a Friday, which means we'll be in competition no with, with, with me. Yeah, <laughs> they'll both be out. So if you, if, so way. If, if you're like, man, I, I just don't get enough. I don't get enough of Ian's voice on like later in the week. Well, <laughs> 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 I got some news for you, and that's wrong. And the last cool thing is, we got some stickers. Yes, we have. We got yeah. some stickers. We're looking to find ways. I mean, no one from the team really has any yet, but we're we're looking to find ways to sort of use them to get them yeah. out there to maybe reward people who engage to reward people who do something. So we're thinking of ideas on how to use these stickers. But we got them. They look good. I'm, I'm really happy with them. Yeah, so if you'd like a sticker, engage with us. Yes, that doesn't mean if you engage with us, you're automatically getting a sticker. No, 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 no. Cut this out. It just means there will be opportunities that potentially may result in stickerage. I wonder if I can get one. Stickerage. <laughs> Suffering sticker tash. Um, so, Sounds like uh, a good, good quiz prize, Ian. Here we go. So uh, let's go ahead and hit this button because there's apparently I got to do this this week. There's a mistake I think I made. Ooh. And as always, thanks to Lex Vanderberg and Lucky Dog for letting us use that yeah, as our mistake track. I'm so humbled by that. Um, and the first one is, everybody seems to agree with you, Liam, that, that it was Strickland students who were shooting at him. Yes. Yeah, I'm totally, I'm the, only per, I'm the only person who didn't read it that way. <laughs> I would have thought his abrasive personality would just make him some enemies on the whole. But apparently, no, they're clearly students. Okay, fine. They're students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why you don't live in, in catchment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, a couple more things. Alex from Main Street Finance lives no closer than 1,700 kilometers away from Alex Krzyzewski. Wow, Louisiana and Jersey. Oh, Andrew Shevsky. Sorry. So yeah. (laughs) So there's. So there we go. There we go. (laughs) So you know, botched, botched the name, botched the location. Yeah, they're not other people's things. Uh, Dwayne and Carlo both felt that we should have picked the hoverboard as the tech that we would want. Now we never really came back to that. But yeah, yeah. I'm still on board with like the jacket that dries you. That's cool. Um, I'm like, you'd never, maybe it just speaks to where I'm at at this time of my life. <laughs> when yeah. I was a young man, hoverboard. hoverboard now, I just, if I get wet, I don't want to be wet anymore. Just dry me. That's all I want. I just want the flying DeLorean. 
Okay. <laughs> and then uh, we had so much love on the Back to the Future 2 oh, episode, especially the birthday rumble concept. We got a lot of like positive comments on that. I am convinced there is a high turnover between um, between wrestling fans and podcasters. I'm now convinced of this because yeah? I see it a lot more than you would expect. Oh, cool. One more thing we want to try out is I want to try out a watch along. I'm dying to try this out, and I've already put the message up on Twitter, but the message is up for everybody else. I want to release a watch along on April Fool's Day. That's going to yeah. be cool. And the part that makes us the fool is the fact that I'm letting people choose what film we have to watch. Ooh, and, the, okay. and the rules so we are, are actually doing it then. We are actually one. doing it. The rules are as follows. <laughs> The okay. rules are the ring of If rules. you, every person, no, there are rules. <laughs> every account can release, can put one submission in for a request and it will be determined by a lucky dip. It's not a vote. Yep. It's, it's a lucky dip. We'll do like a wheel of fortune thing okay. or whatever. Oh, that's cool. And we'll reveal what that is next Sunday. Well, next Sunday as we record for us, Tuesday as it comes out on the pod, mm-hmm. which will be the 30th, but mm-hmm. we'll have known for a couple of days. At yeah, that yeah. Point. So what then has to occur is this. It has to be on Netflix, UK. So if you're an American, try and do some research mm-hmm. or just get a, you know, just ask, ask a British friend. Hopefully not me. <laughs> but if I have to, I will answer. <laughs> Secondly, it cannot qualify as a best film ever eligible film. Ooh. So what that means is it cannot be above 8.0 on IMDb or it cannot be, oh, and it cannot be above 85% what on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> So uh, there are some bad there ones are, that have been no. But there are some bad ones that people have already put forward. I'm oh, really? so excited! No, and it has I to be. Have, like, I don't want to watch that fire. Like, like, if, like, if you come through like 365 days, I am not watching that. I am not reviewing that. It's basically softcore pornography. Can I? Can I put one in? No, no, no we are. <laughs> the power is out of our hands on this one, and we're not allowed to sort of suggest anything. It's in. Because we have a really, as you found it last week, we got this really great fa- audience, fan base, do, the fledgling fandom, we and we want to give them a chance to do something. So, what do you want to do? And there are some truly terrible films that have come across the wire so far. And that's fine. We will turn it on. We will. I think I figured out how to do it. So we will do a watch along. Watch this space. I'm, I'm trying, interested in seeing this. I'm going to try and figure out the technology for sure during the week, but I think I've got it. Cool. So that that is the plan as it currently sits. Next week I might go cancel this, but for the time being, guy. it's good. Yep, <laughs> I'm, I'm the tech guy. That's my only role on this. <laughs> well, producer, so, tech guy. Let's go ahead and do some shout outs really quickly. I mean, we gotta talk first and foremost about Julene, 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 Julene for all the shout outs. Thank she said, you so so much. She said, "Oh my God!" I'm just gonna give her that Valley Girl voice. <laughs> oh my God! Had a super American moment listening to BFE. Ian said he'd be willing to drop 100 pounds to walk through Hill Valley. I turned to my family and said, why on earth would he need to drop 100 pounds to visit a movie set? That's messed up. He doesn't look like he has 100 pounds. First off, Julian, I very much do. <laughs> I could I could used to drop, maybe not 100, but but half of that would be all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but of course, she's talking about the currency exchange. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I don't even think about anymore. Nope. I just say the word pounds and don't think about the fact it could be confusing to our American listeners and Canadian listeners. And guess what, folks? There's a whole lot of the world besides America and Canada. <laughs> there is. There is. And some of them use pounds. Um, Got to thank Paul and Griff for all the love that they give us each and every week. Thank you, guys. Uh, Carlo for all the love. Uh, I did one of those things where I, I, I give shout-outs on Fridays, and I use the name of the episode we've just done. So then I did Hill Valley. Mm-hmm. And for V, I had uh, Verbal Diorama. 
And M from Verbal Diorama said she always appreciates having the V. And uh, Carlo instantly came back with, doesn't V stand for virtual? (laughs) (laughs) Which I always appreciate a deep cut. Yeah. A deep cut. Uh, We had Hermes. I was doing a a quiz on Pod VCOM today, where the V stands for virtual. And um, he talked about it. He said, oh, it was a lot of fun. We should do it again. He said, but I wouldn't be any good in Fact Check Corner. And I went, hey, I appreciate the deep cut on Fact Check Corner. That's someone who clearly has been listening to more than one episode. Absolutely. If they get that. Uh, We definitely have to give some love to Vic from Action B Rated. We have to give some love to Film Floggers for all the love, even if they cross the streams with a Snyder Cut anagram and then put like a Captain Picard gif with it. I'm like, what? I don't understand. Surely you do a Snyder Cut, like Justice League thing. Um, Spy Hards for all the love. Abbott Verbal Diorama, who got into a debate with Georgia about who would love Grease 2 more, M or Liam. (laughs) this is why you need twitter you needed to wait no you weren't here to weigh in though so uh, this is why you need twitter michelle pfeiffer uh uh, the Uh, f and nerds and i talked about tenet getting hosed by the oscars on best score and best cinematography i mean you and i saw watch part of tenet with ethan i think definitely the score i mean come on Mm. that music was fantastic portions of it are played forwards and portions of it are played back how does that not get nominated clever yeah um, but didn't get because I guess it didn't. I don't know. Yeah. It's a ripoff. Um, it's a musical podcast who said that we may have to collaborate on the Back to the Future musical if it ever comes out. And absolutely Ooh, we do. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, even the score for All the Love. Ray from Not Before Coffee for All the Love. Film floggers for All the Love. We hope Ben and Fiona are okay after Ben threw under the bus. Yeah. Rather. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Chance Whitmore from Strive Seek Fine for some love on a, on a follow Friday. Thank you. The Summon It Boys out of How to Not Summon Yay, a podcast. Boys. For all the love, they called us the tippity top of the movie genre. Uh, I won't disagree with you. Love you guys. Uh, Alex from Main Street Finance requested a Sean of the Dead episode. Oh, I like Sean of the Dead. I'll tell you what, it won't be me putting that forward. Yeah, you're not too keen, are you? No. no. You can put it forward for our episode for our watch along. No, they can't because it qualifies. Does it actually? It does. Oh, yeah. It's like like 85%. I have to teach this. Well, then you can't. No, I have to teach this film because it is like considered a great film. It is. (sighs) (laughs) I choose choose that one for the students because there's other films I could have chosen, but I'm like, fine, we'll do Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they, then they wish us a happy birthday with a goofy movie gif. So I'm convinced they just, Alex just wants me to be all grumbly is what I think happened. And he was part of the thing of the, uh, of the best film trivia ever. Cool. I uh, think today on pod VCOM and did all right. Uh, Dwayne Smith, who came up with uh, a theory about Cinderella's shoe versus Biff's cane. That was a fun conversation. Hey, to be a Dwayne, part of. That was a fun conversation. And then <laughs> as well, friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith said that was a lower pitch than usual it was. yeah it was said, it's because I'm tired it's because you're tired <laughs> <laughs> he started a thread called things I, I say when listening to best film ever and I, I actually quite like this one so okay, a few good. people copied along but I'm gonna copy so is, things, this all, is this all on Twitter there's all on Twitter that's why yeah, you gotta be on Twitter I need to be on Twitter so things that he said first off yes Ian which of course you did <laughs> of course you did along that you've not seen that which I think is probably Elliot Georgia I'm, I'm curious as to which of us it is. You have no idea who that is? That's got to be a Georgia. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia. <laughs> They're singing again. <laughs> the three of you. We're in the end game now. Uh, 120 million pounds. 35. No, wait. He's like 54. Ebs. And, and I love that film. Yeah, I love so, that. So, yeah, yeah, and that's the fair part towards me is like I was saying, what we're doing next week. And this time, next week, we'll find out from Ellie, who yeah. I believe has told us. What did you say? I, 
<laughs> I've got a short list of four films, and I haven't actually picked the final so, one yet. As of right now, you do not have a pick for next <laughs> no. week. No. So I want to talk Hang on, to the audience. You have heard at least say things like, it's been so long since I had a pick. <laughs> you would think she would come up with something. <laughs> you would all I've learned is that I should not give you guys choice. I, no. I should pick all the movies. <laughs> no. Not that I'm picking all the movies. I'm just kind of going, what, what fits? Film, yeah. What, what kind of film do we want to watch? A good I'm not one. pick anything grisly because we've, we've watched too much grisly stuff. We had our winter of discontent. Yeah, I don't want grisly. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, uh, eliminate any of them. <laughs> Debbie loves nice. Debbie, <laughs> Debbie loves the Ellie. We need to talk hashtag, and it's starting to catch on a bit. Uh, she says she's now well into season one of Grey's Anatomy, Ooh. which was uh, an episode Ellie and I did. She's watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and she's completely lost, but is looking forward to hearing the review. <laughs> she loved what she caught of the quiz. She'll go back and watch later. Thanks again for all the great content, BFE, and that's us. Uh. I would just like to add that I also tweeted out a photo of um, a baby pepper inside a pepper the other day. I did see that that is progress Ooh, that is good, uh, could, could da- I, I was not go ahead Georgia I was say could I give a little shout out to uh, Dan Mackholz who wants to make my dream of going to Universal real you are this the sheet of papers I have in my head if you'd wait until the I end I don't know if you had it well, or not well that's why you wait till the end <laughs> I thought you were finished no Ooh. I literally was saying and thanks to and then Ellie brought up her point and then you went I'm I have sorry. something to say too I'm sorry uh, Dark Sage Eleven said, "Finally watched Moulin Rouge after hearing it on the BFE a few months back. Good songs, sorry, good story. Yeah. Songs generally good. High production value and Jim Broadbent. Only things I didn't like were the original centerpiece song. Meh. I'm like, come what meh? No, come what may? That's, That's what it is. A great song. It's a great song. Yeah. Except there was a weird overuse of slow motion, which I had not noticed. But thinking back, yeah, there's yeah. totally a lot of slow motion yeah, in that film. Is, yeah." Um, and so, and then I just want to end with a few, um, a few reviews we got here. A few reviews we got. Actually, Georgia, I think you're spot on. I don't think I have Dan Mackles in my notes. So there we go. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a mistake. I was think you just anticipated and did well. So we had a trilogy of, of uh, reviews come in, and I've got this one. In all seriousness, this group of cinematic conversationalists might not have seen every single film ever. That's absolutely you two they're talking about. Yep. Um, but they certainly know how to host an exciting film podcast, having discovered them just recently. I've spent the last couple of weeks diving into their catalog and at the end of the day all that's left to say is the show deserves my highest of praises keep them coming lads and that's ed from the film effect podcast thanks ed yeah thank you we've got i want to another one i want to take a moment and show some appreciation towards this group of cinephiles they are simply fantastic every episode i have listened to is a treasure give them a listen that is chuck i'm assuming from chuck (laughs) goes to the movies what are the odds otherwise and then finally a well-structured show led by host Ian, Great Pipes Man, who, along with his panel of co-hosts and guests, watch films to discover which is the best film ever. I respect the differing takes on the film as they discuss why they did or did not connect with it. Uh, I can't recommend enough by DJ Echo, who I'm convinced DJ Echo is the superhero name, Ooh. or is the or is the the alter ego, the 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 uh, civilian name of superhero Dan Mackeltz. who wants to make George's dream of reviewing Back to the Future 3 at Universal Studios a reality. What, just Georgia or on her own? Well, I think the whole group, if I'm being honest. (laughs) I just had visions of Georgia sitting at Hill Valley and just uh, doing the podcast and talking by herself. I just really want to go to Universal. I've never been. I want to go on the Jaws ride. I want to meet the dinosaurs. I want to meet the Grinch at Christmas. Yeah, it'd be good. Jaws 19. (laughs) Jaws 19 in 3D. 
All right. So let's talk about. Uh, oh, and sorry. One last shout out. I have to do this to Georgia. Hey. Who started promoting her OnlyFans page on our Twitter. <laughs> well done, Georgia. <laughs> I'm referring to the photograph you famously took last week. <laughs> so Georgia posts a photo of herself. Oh Georgia, let's get Georgia posts a photo of herself going like, here I am getting, here I am getting ready for, uh, for vacation real round table. Forgetting that when you post the picture on Twitter, it sort of takes it to the middle third. And so the middle third is just about like the bust line of whatever Georgia's wearing. So it looks like she's just taking a picture of her bus line and put it out there on Twitter for the world to see. So I Georgia. did put a disclaimer out with You it. did put a second one out but said please open the open the photo fully. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. I didn't think I didn't Get think off your chest, Georgia. Get I, didn't, off your chest. I didn't think we were that kind of podcast. <laughs> There's a mistake. I think Georgia made. There we go. By 250. <laughs> yeah, Anything of, for the podcast, well, guys. No, uh, no, we're going to lock that down. That's not the case it's not anything for the podcast that was a joke let's talk about you know a guy who did have a girl willing to do anything for him in coming to america i've seen it liam you said and you said you were kind of on it when you saw it previously because that was a long while ago since i've seen it now for me it's been i mean it's at least at least 20 years if not more yeah i'd say if not more yeah ellie had you seen it before i'd seen a little bit of it but not very much and georgia i'm gonna guess you haven't seen this before I had not. No. Okay, and you, you were the first one to watch. I think you said you got this taken care of I on Friday. On Friday, yeah, well, yeah. Good for you. Uh, and why are we doing it? Of course, we're doing it because the sequels just come out. Yep. And at some point, I want to do a Cedar skip it. Yep. I got an Easter break coming up. I'm well up for that. <laughs> so uh, I'm ready to watch a sequel. But first, let's watch the original, which is a, a film that I think is. I think if you think of Eddie Murphy, I mean, people do like, but see, I never was a Beverly Hills cop guy. Oh, I so was. So for me, Eddie Murphy's 80s highlights are trading places in this. No. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it, I just never, I never got the whole, I, I would be more inclined to watch 48 Hours than Beverly Hills Cop. No. Yep. No, no, no. Yep. I, I, I like 48 Hours. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I do like that. Uh, but Beverly Hills Cop is, is where it's at for me. Well, let's talk about this one here, which was uh, directed by John, John Landis, Landis. Uh, who's also the Blues Brothers Animal House, Twilight Zone the movie. We talked about that in the mm-hmm. Trading Places episode. That's where the child dies because of yes. the helicopter. Yes. And Trading Places, of course. Yeah. And uh, cinematography by Saul Negrin and Woody Omens. It was, it, it, was a, it was a double act, which might explain why the cinematography really wasn't anything noteworthy. Yeah. Yeah, because there wasn't. wasn't one vision, was there? No. Cinematography, was just, it was just kind of there. There was nothing that seemed really overly... No. No. Nothing stood out for me either. But music by Niall Rogers, who amongst other things has done Super 8 and Beverly Hills Cop 3. Cool. Yep. And you recognize the name Niall Rogers. Is I Niall Rogers yeah. is some sort of a professional musician, I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Um, he's been in different bands. He's produced many people. Um, he was in a big band in the 70s, and yeah. Um, an extremely pampered African prince travels to Queens, New York, and goes undercover to find a wife that he can respect for her intelligence and strong will. Coming to America is a 1988 romantic comedy film directed by John Landis and based on a story originally created by Eddie Murphy. And I'm sorry that somehow made me feel infinitely better. <laughs> yeah. Because if you, if you told me that everything we saw was like the imagination of like three white guys... Yeah. Then some of the things I go, oh... But you, you listen to some of his stand-up... You know, like yeah. Delirious and stuff like that. He is quite close to the knuckle on a lot of things. Sure. But I think 
it's it's a different film if, if three white guys come yeah. up with this oh, yeah, than yeah, yeah, if yeah, than, yeah, totally. than if than if a black man comes up with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was very curious, and some people were saying, like, how do you think it's going to age? Now, that's one of my real fears going in, was going, how is it going to hold up? And maybe mm-hmm. we talk about it at the end and go, how does it hold up overall through a 2021 lens? Mm-hmm. 2020 lens was just easier to say. There's still moments where I went, ooh. Oh, there's over oh, some ooh, things. Ooh. There's some things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, in 1989, a pilot for a planned spinoff TV series was made, but this was never picked up for a series. But that would not have starred Eddie Murphy. It would have been a similar idea with a different prince from a different region coming over. Yeah, I can't see how it's going to work. Not no. a TV series. It would, it would get old quick, wouldn't it? Very quick, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. So let's go into the movie. Uh, we start off by the Paramount logo, and then we go over the mountain. I love that. And into the jungle, which was really cool. It's the kind of thing that Disney does, but you don't really see with, like, Paramount. Yeah. So uh, the song, uh, it, it, it took a while, because Liam, you kept going... Oh, I thought it was going to go into, yeah. in the jungle, the mighty jungle, but it was. It was. It was. It was. It was in the jungle, the mighty jungle. That's all it was. It just, was. just, 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 just rearranged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it had those first four notes. Yeah. In it, the in the jungle, and then something completely different. Yeah, but 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 it's it what it was. It was just a rearrangement of that yeah, of that yeah, piece. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but the, the the choir singing it. It was it was it was really good. Oh, I really loved it. And it instantly yeah, it sounded really cool. It instantly got me into this fictitious world of Zamunda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's sadly, uh, Noah Wimbleways. No, no Uh But I mean, it, it's it's both a painting. The 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 castle's a painting. It is a yeah. painting. <laughs> it, you know, it was. Before CGI, I guess. <laughs> so the name of the fictitious African country, Zamunda, was taken from a Richard Pryor sketch, where he referred to a fictional African tribe of the same name. Uh, cool. Kind of like that. The idea that they took so They borrowed a lot from other people's sort of stuff and put it into this. Eddie Murphy was a big um, fan of Richard Pryor. Well, we said that Eddie, uh, Richard Pryor was supposed to be the, the, the black lead in Trading Places. Yeah. It was supposed to be him and um, Willy Wonka. Yeah. Well, Gene, Gene Wilder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we sort of see that sort of Eddie Murphy sort of takes up that mantle mm-hmm. as that America's foremost black comedian yeah, of the yeah, time. Yeah. They're both mavericks in their day with their, with their comedy. Yep. Over 500 costumes were designed by Deborah Nadulman, who was inspired by the early 1950s new look of fashion designer Christian Dior, as well as everyday stars from the Ivory Coast, Gambia, and Senegal. Mm. Jewelry was created by Catherine Post, who was a costume jeweler in Thailand. For the design of Zamunda's royal palace, John Landis took inspiration from England's Brighton Pavilion and Henry Rousseau's 19th century jungle paintings. I've been to the Brighton Pavilions. That's really nice. I adored the costuming in this. Especially in Zamunda. It was so good. Oh, yeah. So, so good. So, so the, the, the Queen's costumes were really anything to look for. Oh, I really no, like the Queen's no. costumes. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike your, uh, unless you're the, 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 the black preacher who appreciated the swimming costumes, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> then we go to the Zamunda National Anthem, which was actually the same melody as the National Anthem of Fredonia in the Marx Brothers film Duck Soup from 1933. That's cool. I love stuff like that, I where do. you're going, here's Hollywood history, let's reuse it. Yeah, that's cool. And I'll tell you what, you think it's just them, them sort of like like singing? or playing? It's like they're like a human alarm clock to wake up Prince Akeem. I think it's great. Oh, it's brilliant. I want this in my life. It's yeah. a heck of an alarm clock, and it's a heck of a ponytail. If anybody wants it in their life, it's definitely you, Ellie. Yeah. yeah. So meet Prince Akeem, played by Prince Akeem, magical he, he's Eddie Murphy. Well done. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> I didn't see where that was going, but I like it. Yeah, I don't know when I started. <laughs> Even that. Half the time, I don't know where I'm going. When I started that stuff. You could see my face. I was so surprised. I was like, I'm going to give him a clap. 
uh, coming to America reunited Eddie Murphy with John Landis, the director of the film. They'd yeah. previously worked together on the comedy hit Trading Places. Landis recalled the differences in, re- in working with Murphy on the two movies like this. Quote, the guy on Trading Places was young and full of energy and curious and funny and fresh and great. The guy on Coming to America was the pig of the world. Yeah. But I still think he's wonderful in the movie. Uh, do you know what I think? I think the fame had got to him. So You hear a lot about Eddie Murphy at this time. You do. Career. You don't. Yeah, yeah. And I think with him being the creator of the story as well, he wanted full control, didn't yep. he? Mm. Eddie Murphy responds with, we had a tussling confrontation. We didn't come to blows. Personalities didn't mesh. He directed me in training places when I was just starting out as a kid, but he was still treating me like a kid five years later during Coming to America. And I hired him to direct the movie. I was going to direct Coming to America myself, but I knew that Landis had just done three fucked up pictures in a row and that his career was hanging by a thread after the Twilight Zone trial. I figured the guy was nice to me when I did trading places, so I'd give him a shot. I was going on my way to help this guy, and he fucked me over. Now he's got a hit picture on his resume, a movie that made over $200 million, as opposed to him coming off a couple of fucked up movies, which is where I'd rather see him be right now. Ooh, that Ooh. cuts deep, doesn't it? <laughs> and they say Eddie Murphy was hard to work yeah. with. <laughs> Oh, I this, don't believe it. This is this very much like I was a kid, but now, oh come on, it Eddie. feels I'm a man. Well, I mean, he's probably had nothing but universal praise for five years. Yeah, I mean, imagine he if, was hot Imagine if you had, imagine if you had the world by the tail at twenty three. Yeah, I, I know, and he did. I think I'd be a bit of a jerk myself. But yeah, well, I'm going to say <laughs> <laughs> you just have a fledgling podcast, man, and you're already unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are laughing too hard. <laughs> That's the way you keep coming up with these. I'm uh, during the experience, Landis. Oh, despite this experience, Landis and Murphy would still collaborate again six years later on Beverly Hills Cop Three. No, well, I think they just got that they were the. I mean, what do we see? We we talked about. Oh, who was it? We talked about Bill Murray and who directs Groundhog Day. Uh, Howard Ramis. Yeah, and how like Bill was so desperate to prove that he's not the reason, that Ramis wasn't the reason why he was doing well. Yeah, it yeah. seems like Eddie was smart enough to go, look, I might not be able to stand the guy, yeah. but it's clearly working. Yeah, so go with it. So yeah. let's just keep doing it. Yeah. Eddie Murphy's demands, inc- oh, sorry, Murphy received a personal salary of $8 million for his work on the film. At this time, $8 million's ridiculous. Like, it's ridiculous now, but, like, as far as what a leading man would get, yeah, yeah, yeah. $8 million was insane. Wow. Plus, he would get 15% of the film's rentals. <laughs> nice. In- interesting. Yeah. Um, wow. Landis received $600,000 plus 10% of gross receipts. Well, that's not too bad, then. Gross receipts from, like, in the cinema? We'll come back to oh, this. Oh, I thought you meant with the pre-sales of, like... No, 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 no. We'll come... Ba- no, this is the receipt of the film in, in the cinema. Oh, okay. We'll come back to this when we do the money and see just how much Mr. Landis made off this film. Oh, okay. So Eddie Murphy's demands included $1,500 a week for his personal trainer. Mm. Pretty good gig, actually. Yeah. Uh, round-the-clock chauffeur service, a valet, and $1,000 a week for his brother to appear as his stand-in. And I bet he also had, every morning, an orchestra wake him up. <laughs> they, just went, they just went, film it. We got to do it anyway. <laughs> the more I hear about Eddie Murphy, the more I don't like him. Yeah. Uh, Akeem's Daily Ritual, we get, good, good morning, your highness. Good morning, your highness. Happy birthday, your highness. And then he tells his, um, I guess, head servant, Oha, who I really liked. Yeah, I, I, I did. I really liked. Yeah. He said, I want to use the bathroom by myself. Maybe today on my 21st birthday. And he's like, oh, please. 
wipers. <laughs> oh. uh, we cut to a bathing scene, and I think this is someone mentions this in the comments like, at, the, at the end. But I have to agree. I think this is the first time I really remember seeing nudity in like a film. Yeah, because I was like when this came out, I was probably like nine ish, probably nine ten. Probably one of the first adult by adult films. I mean, grown up films, yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> <laughs> one of the first one of the first grown up films I sort of had seen, and so I was like, whoa! Out of nowhere, it's just hard cut, and there's boobs on the screen. <laughs> hard cut, jeez. <laughs> Five minutes in as well. Yeah, five minutes in, and and so there's the woman who's and then this woman just like like I, I never caught this as a kid, but this woman of course just just emerges from underneath the water. He tells the royal penis is clean. Your eyes. She goes, <sighs> and she doesn't even flinch. Does she? Doesn't even flinch. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, and then we find out he's going to meet who his wife to be is that day. And we find this out largely after this, we go to breakfast where we meet King Jaffe played by James Earl Jones. Yeah. What a fantastic voice. And Madge Sinclair who plays Queen Aeolian. And that is one long ass table. It it is such a long table. So, so long, long they need an intercom. I love the intercom <laughs> joke because you don't see it at so first. Funny. It's hidden behind fruit and stuff. It's great. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And then of course he goes up because he wants to. He finally had enough of this. He wants to go talk to his family. And as he goes and talks to his family, the girls have to like run in front of him to catch up. He says, "No, stop!" <laughs> so they can like throw rose petals at his feet. That's funny. There's there's a lot of good visual jokes in this film. There is. Um, and so uh, Akeem says, I don't want the rose petals. At which point, rather than see this as a symptom of a problem, like King Jaffe just thinks this is it. So goes, <laughs> From now on in, no one is to throw rose petals at my son's feet or else they will uh, answer to me. Sorted. My, my favorite bit is now when he says about his mustache. Oh, you've grown a mustache. Yeah. His, wife's, his wife's like, it's been a year. Because he's so far down he's the so far away, you can't see it. You can't see him. And this is where uh, Akeem decides he's going to go ahead and says, look, uh, let me, I'm 21 years old. Let me wipe my own ass. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I'm tired of the feeding and the primping and the waking and the this and the bathing. And then double takes and goes, actually, I rather like the bathing. Yeah, but yeah. The, <laughs> which, you know. Um, Doesn't he look at the camera at that point? When, not yet. When's not yet. It's, it's, it's slightly after. Oh, so okay, like, yeah. um, this is where we get the great speech uh, where the parents say, because he goes, why can't I find my own wife? Right. Yeah. And then the king comes back with his own story and says, look, I was really nervous before I met your mother. And she says, yes, I was terrified of meeting your father. And he goes, you see, there's a very fine line between love and nausea. <laughs> Loved that. <laughs> I love the look on her face. And he's like, well, let me just, you know, I, I, I'm a man who hasn't even tied his own shoes. And he goes, no, you're a prince who hasn't tied your own shoes. And believe me, I tied my own shoes once. It is an overrated experience. <laughs> Marty McFly would agree. He had those he self-lacing would? shoes. Yep. <laughs> and then we meet Semi, played by Arsenio Hall. And my first note is, why doesn't this guy do more acting? He's good, isn't he? He's really good he in this. Is. I don't know why he doesn't do more acting. Oh, no, 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 like he, he was a successful late night talk show host. I get that. And that is he a comedian as well? It's not stopping James Corden, is it? Yeah, he'd be, no, no. He'd be, he'd be a comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I don't really know if you, if, if you do late night talk shows in the States, your, your training is you are a stand up comic. Oh, okay. So like David Letterman, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Colbert, maybe less so. Colbert was more of a sketch comic. Yeah. yeah he yeah. did like SNL and things like that. But yeah. Jimmy Fallon would have done SNL before that. He probably was stand up. Yeah. I Usually like do stand up. Or, or improv, and then you do SNL, yeah. and then you do uh, a late night show oh. if you're really successful, because that's what the big money is. Yeah. So, and he takes, <laughs> he takes Akeem for his daily workout, 
and he's got such inspirational quotes as you sweat from a baboon's balls (laughs) and then later calls him a hippopotamus shit (laughs) which i think is why you understand the whole semi thing is the only guy who doesn't like just kiss this guy's backside the whole time so they talk about their feelings. Well, Akeem talks about his feelings. Semi suggests that all you need is a woman who's, I'm going to put this this way, aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. <laughs> that is all you, men of power just need an aesthetically pleasing wife. That's all they need to be. He goes, even if they are fools, he goes, this is, the, this is sort of you know, the way that it's been for powerful men forever. Yeah. I just realized that in my notes, it's auto-corrected breasts to beasts. And I think that's quite appropriate. So what? He said you need to find a woman with large beasts? <laughs> I think he said breasts like something melons. <laughs> sure. Uh, I didn't get the something. But. Absolutely. And then we cut to the presentation ceremony where we're presenting the wife-to-be. And the father gets up from this, I don't know if he's a visiting nation or, 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 or if he's like I, a, I, a lord of the, of the area or what the deal is. Yeah. But he's presenting my daughter. And then this, this really unattractive woman like pushes her. And she's like rude. <laughs> out of my way. Excuse me. Out of my way. <laughs> and she goes, presenting. And he just, they do a hard cut to, uh, to, Eddie, Murphy. to Eddie Murphy, who's just so relieved. <laughs> I think it helps. We just have the speech about how he wants someone who arouses him mentally as well as, or something along that line. He wants someone who can challenge him. Yeah. And so as a result, I think we forgive him for this. We're like, yeah, she's not, you know, she's, she, it's not just shallow. Yeah. Yeah. The re, she, this woman seems mean and pushy and not what he wants in that regard either. Uh-huh. Um, and then we have this dance. I'm curious to get people's thoughts on the dance. It seemed, I ve- this. It seemed very sexual. A very. <laughs> Georgia, you said you liked it. Go ahead and talk about it. It's so good. I mean, just the like the choreography involved in that dance routine was insane. Well, like, apparently ke- keeping them all in sync like that in in those costumes, it just looked it looked great. Apparently, this is a high tempo rendition of a dance from Thriller. Ah, oh, yeah, which I can see John that. Landis yeah, also yeah. directed, didn't he? Did he really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Actually, I think we talked about that when we did the yeah. Trading Places episode. Yeah. yeah, that's most of a dance is is a high thing, and the choreographer of this, Liam, you noticed it at the end, Paula Abdul. Paula Abdul was yeah. the choreographer for mm-hmm. this uh, film. Opposites do attract. Is that one of her songs? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to fit in there somewhere. I don't really know any any Paula Abdul stuff. Uh, and then we get the song uh, by Oha. She's your queen to be. Which, when I was a kid, I never listened to the lyrics of this. So I was just <laughs> bored by it. But, you know, oh, okay. She's your queen to be. Uh, so, so there's a line about she'll do whatever your husband desires. <laughs> She's an object of desire to quench your royal fire. Completely free from affection and clean from infection. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like this little number. That made me laugh. It was. I didn't pay attention I, as a kind kid. Of- I kind of hated it, but it was done really well. So it was like, it was awful, but it was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then he meets this girl who's going to be the queen. And she seems attractive. Mm-hmm. attractive girl uh he pulls her aside oh, he and won- that train on the dress yes Ooh, that was and he oh, pulls her aside because he wants to talk and he asks kind of about her and she goes well ever since i was born i was trained to serve you and he goes yeah but what do you like to do she goes whatever you like <laughs> what kind of music do you like whatever you like and food i can cook he's like I, I know you've been trained in what i like but what do anything about Have a you? mind of your own yeah and she says i'll do whatever you tell me to do and he goes really and he goes bark like a dog 
and she starts barking, and then we get the fourth wall break yeah, as you look that at the was camera. Funny. And then like a big dog hop on one leg. I didn't like make a noise like an orangutan. Oh no! I was like, mm. was this improvised? There'd be a worse version of this later. Do you think this was improvised? Ooh, maybe because that felt a bit improvisey. Mm. But she keeps doing it like this is yeah. where the king comes in. They usher her off. For the longest time, you still hear her doing the orangutan yeah, bit in the background. And I love how she managed to like hop out of that room with that train on that dress and those as heels well. that she yeah. was in. Yeah, like that was Good impressive. Point. I wonder how many takes that took. Uh, and then we go for a talk with Dad, mm. and uh, they're going outside. Did anybody else pick up that he called one of his pet elephants Babar? No. <laughs> yeah. He's walking by. He goes, hello, Babar. <laughs> uh, and it seems, <laughs> the king goes, uh, it seems like just yesterday I, w- I ordered your first diaper change. <laughs> uh, and he wants to have the talk about having sex with his bathers. He says, I was under the impression you're having sex with your bathers. I know I do. And I think we're supposed to go, <laughs> good old king. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the king seems, thinks he needs to sow his royal oats and decides uh, that Akeem will have 40 days of erotic fun, and then he has to get married. But as Akeem then tells Semi, I'm going to go to America and find my bride. And they flip a coin to say if they go to New York or if they go to L.A. And the coin, of course, has his head on it. Yep. Yep. And it's head, so they go to New York, and they say, well, where do we find a woman? And quite thankfully, there's a big magnifying glass that says, a woman suitable for a king. Woman suitable for a king, and that will be Queens. Do you know what would have been a good sequel? Is if that had been what happened if he'd have gone to LA? <laughs> so the same story, <laughs> but if gone to LA. Probably a bit too late to do that now. Yeah, now, but I mean, at the time. <laughs> Unless she's died and we're doing it again. <laughs> Back to America. <laughs> Uh, um one short concord or british airways commercial later because <laughs> there's no need for that no. as they're walking through the um to the airport i don't know if anybody heard it but they there's a, a phone call or there's a page for uh could a mr frank osnowitz come and pick up the courtesy phone it's a mr frank osnowitz that of course is the real name of frank oz i was gonna say frank, yeah, oz. frank, frank oz, oz yeah yep so uh he goes that's cool as he's saying semi no no we missed up here no different than the average man there's like 15 pieces of luggage and like six <laughs> servants grabbing the stuff out there I this. and he walks into the road and stops a cab by just holding up a head halt. says halt it was very thor like <laughs> yeah we did thor talking to mickey it was very much like this is good another the taxi cab cabbie gets out calls him a dumb fuck Tells, gonna, him, yeah. tells him to get in the car. Uh, on they go. And they're having a nice, finally, they're having a nice conversation with the cab. And you kind of forgot about it, which is why it was this funny. It was just enough. But then he looks over at Semi and goes, what does dumb fuck mean? <laughs> <laughs> which is cute. I liked it. It was, yeah. And then we go into the barbershop. And the barbershop is great. It is phenomenal. Every character, with the exception of a little guy who's played yeah. by Clint Smith, every other care- adult in the room yeah. is either Arsenio Hall or Eddie Murphy. Which I thought was great. Yep. Yeah. And this is, the problem with this is, this is the first time Eddie Murphy does this, mm-hmm. and it goes over so well that he like doubles down on this in uh, every he, movie. Yeah, he does, yeah. And eventually we get the Nutty Professor where he does, and I'm just like, I, I get it, it's the same thing you've already done, but it was fresh here, yeah. and funny, and it was a bit part. It wasn't the main thing. No. Hot take, I hated this. What? What? Yeah. 
Why? Really, really not a fan. I just found it really shouty and annoying and stupid. Oh, I love this. All the old guys shouting over each other. Yeah, because that's what they would be doing. (sighs) I like the Jewish guy. If I can talk specifically about Saul, who is the Jewish guy. I love him. After the makeup and clothing were applied for the Jewish character Saul, Eddie Murphy wanted to test the makeup and costume out. He got in a golf cart and drove from one studio department to another in Paramount Studios. He would get out of the cart and say in his regular voice, Hi, I'm Eddie Murphy, but no one believed him. <laughs> According to John Landis, it was uh his idea to have Eddie Murphy wear makeup to play a Jewish man, a sort of a payback for Jewish comedians wearing blackface in the early twentieth century. Uh, this was the first time Eddie Murphy plays multiple characters yeah. and later become trademark. But Liam, you recognize who the little boy was in the um in the chair. Yeah, Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. Was this one of his first credits or Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow. I guess just show me the money. Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. versus Radio. I'm trying to think of what else he's been. Uh, what was that one with De Niro? Oh, oh the one where he's like a diver? Medal of, no, Medal of, of Honor. Honor. No, Man of Honor. Man of Honor? Man of Honor? Man of Honor. Something Man of Honor. Man of Honor? I don't know. Something of Honor. Something of Honor, yeah. Yeah, he was also in Snow Dogs. He was. <laughs> he was. Um, yeah, I mean, I was really... I mean, he. I didn't see him Man credited. Of Man of Honor, okay. Man of Honor, yeah. I didn't see him in credits. He, not not in the, in the visual ones. If you went down the list, he was on it. Oh, was he? Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Because uh, we also didn't get another big cameo that we'll talk about later. Oh, mm-hmm. no, we did get him. We did get him, yes. Uh, and then uh, apparently Cuba Gooding Jr. shot a scene in which his character, <laughs> the character's name is Boy Getting Haircut, <laughs> <laughs> tells Clarence, the barber, he doesn't have the money to pay for his haircut. Clarence responds by shaving a bald patch out of the boy's hair. But to Gooding's disappointment, the scene was cut. Oh, yeah. But did you notice when he was cutting his hair, he was just cutting around it and actually cutting it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, at this point, we have Akeem and semi go to room. Uh, they're getting robbed. Like, their stuff's getting nicked. Yep. Um, they go up to this room. There's, like, a giant, like, rat going across the floor. Oh, There's an insect thing. problem in the bathroom. Oh. And he goes, well, you guys probably can relate to that being from Africa. And I'm like, ooh. ooh. But if I thought I was as bad as it was going to get, nope. 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 <laughs> Uh, there's police tape on the door. There's a tape outline on the floor of a dead guy and a his dog. dog. And yeah. his dog. <laughs> yeah. He just goes, oh, it's a hell of a shame about that dog. Or what they did to the dog. And they even um, gave him a little tail. Yeah. <laughs> Akeem's apartment was supposed to be in Queens, but actually that building's in Brooklyn. No, oh, okay. Just a little thought. Oh, yeah. yeah. Probably when, Bro- I don't know, I don't think, I mean, Brooklyn in the 80s still was kind of rough, I believe. Yeah. I'll tell you this much. I took a group of students on a trip to New York City, my second year teaching. What was I thinking? <laughs> but like, we spent almost all our time in Manhattan exclusively. We went to Queens one day. Jeez Louise. I have, I'll tell you what. Manhattan, you feel safe all the time. Yeah. Queens, I was a little bit more like, I was telling the kids, okay, now don't do that thing where you lip off to any adult here. Like, this is n- just, just, we just walk quietly from place to place. You know, not that, just, just talk about looking for trouble. That's yeah, all I was trying yeah, to say yeah, to them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, and so uh, the next day, everyone, he goes out and everybody's wearing his stuff. And he goes, well, well we're in New York. And he does the great bit where he shouts, hello, my neighbors. And they swear at him and he swears. He thinks fuck you is like some sort of it's like great. positive, like greeting to the neighborhood. <laughs> fuck you too. Depends <laughs> how you take it, I suppose. I suppose so. That he took great. it well. I don't think they did. No. Um, and everyone's, so this is, we're in New York. Let us dress as New Yorkers. And they come out looking like the two biggest tourists there ever were. <laughs> and they don't stay in that gap for very long. <laughs> no, they don't. I think they realize. I'd love for them to stay in it. It was a fun visual joke. It was, it was, it was. And this is where we get, they look at the, the bank of TVs and we get the Soul Glow commercial. Let your soul glow. glow. 
The jingle for this commercial, the fictional product, Soul Glow, was composed by Niall Rogers, who has suggested it as his proudest moment. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. We go back to the barbershop. Boxing talk. Muhammad Ali versus Mike Tyson versus Joe Lewis versus Rocky Marciano. Marciano. And the guy, Clarence, they're cutting their hair. I was like, why is every white guy got to bring up Rocky Marciano? Uh, Why? Uh, I guess the reason we bring up Rocky Marciano because he was never defeated. Yep. He he retired undefeated. He was. So he is that trump card. Yeah. And so there's a nice little bit of arguing between <laughs> Clarence tries to claim that Joe Lewis is 136 years old. <laughs> yeah. We all know someone who just can't, even if you have the facts, yeah. can't let the argument go no, and no, we just no, make no. stuff up. <laughs> Akeem sits in the chair and he goes, what do you want? Uh, you know, he goes, oh, just make it nice and neat. One snip, that'll be $8. <laughs> that was the I best, did like this segment the of the barbershop snip. part. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> barbershop. Barbershop. was barbershop in the barbershop. That would have made it so much better. Oh, no, it wouldn't. Uh, they go clubbing. Speaking of American kind of music, the song playing in the background at the club was sung by Eddie Murphy. Do you know what? I, 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 oh, yeah. Yeah. I knew it. I was, I knew I was looking to see if you'd pick up on it. Oh, because okay, that did prick something up in my ears. And I was like, oh, that, oh, no. Because he did record an album. Yeah. And um, and I thought because he had dreams of kind of doing both. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I have heard the album, so I know what he sounds like when he sings. But I just didn't put two and two. I think he did a monkeys cover once. Then he saw her face. Oh God! <laughs> wow! Ah, believe I can't believe I can't believe you guys all fell for that. <laughs> you can't believe, but he could. Ah, believe. <laughs> and a morning will have waffles. <laughs> I'm making waffles. Shrek, I elig- like that. Boulder. Eligible. I love Shrek. Eligible. Nice Brilliant. Boulder. Yeah. First two. First two are great. Um, yep. and so. Uh, and then we have this. I always this. I love a montage, and if it, it's, a, it's like a job interview montage kind of thing, but yeah. it's for like dating. We get the woman who's like, "I've got a secret. I worship the devil." <laughs> we get, "I can't find a man who can satisfy me." Some guys go for an hour and a half, two hours, but I need some. Nobody's willing to put in the time. <laughs> God bless him. Um, another one's like, "I'm into the group thing," and Semi's just smiling at the thought of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another woman, I was Joan of Arc in my former life. And then there's like a pair of rapping twins. She was just holding a lighter to her hand. Yeah, what was that all about? Yeah. Uh, and there were two pairs of twins. The first one are just conjoined. It's the first date since the doctor separated them. Yeah. The second pair of twins are rapping. What are the odds you would find two pairs of identically dressed, identical twins in the club on one night? Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, if you usually said that's a nice pair of twins, people would think you were being <laughs> metaphorical. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and then there's an, uh, okay, Ellie, I'm predicting you didn't like this. I don't think it's aged well, but the ugly woman who's Arsenio Hall. Yeah. And I'm going to argue it saves it by the fact that he goes, you know, I'm kind of into you, but, and your friend too. And you cut to Arsenio Hall who does a spit take of his drink. <laughs> yeah. I think that saves it. Although there's no, there's no way in hell. Not, who knows? Maybe they make the same joke in the next one. I don't think it's going to, this joke's in, in the same jokes in the next one. Well, you, you never know. We'll find yeah, out, I, I suppose. We'll find out, yeah. I read it that it was a, it was actually, it was a drag queen in the club. Not Technically, I think supposed her. Supposed to be a real woman. I think her title is Ugly Woman in Club. I was, yeah, I, like, I, was, I was like Georgia. Okay. I was like Georgia. I thought, I thought, I thought, she was, I yeah. thought it was a drag queen. I will yeah. check it. Didn't I need to go down that. Yeah. Everything that I saw referred to as ugly woman. Yeah, it because, is. It is definitely supposed to be a woman. Okay. You're right. It, 
Is, is it referred to as is something like the ugliest woman in the club? Or yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Because even yeah. as a kid, I remember that scene, and I remember thinking that's him. Yeah, and that's supposed to be a drag. I think if she's ugly woman. I have. I mean, it's obviously a male actor playing the role. Yeah, but at least. <sighs> I thought that's that typical joke of like, oh, hi, and then like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just love the fact that she's a new Arsenio uh, in, in, yeah. in the semi, <laughs> yeah. and semi does the spit. Semi is so, Arsenio Hall's so good in this. He is so good. Um, and then we go to, so they come back from the, from the club and they find Clarence closing up. And you forget Clarence is uh, Murphy. Clarence is Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Because they shoot them in such a way. Even in the barbershop, there's a bit where, like, Saul, the Jewish guy, has his back to them. So you can shoot. Oh, it's so well done. It is. Which is why you need that one little guy, Clint, Clint, whatever his name was, Clint yeah. Davis or Clint Smith or whatever his name Clint Smith, I think. Uh, you need him because he fills up the numbers in the room. Yeah. Um, and they've always got him on the opposite side of the room so you can have conversations across the way. But uh, he said, they go, well, for a woman, we've been to every bar in Queens. He goes, you want to go to, go to a bar? You want to go to a library or church, church or to this black awareness <laughs> thing we're going to? So they rock up to that. At which point, they've just come back from a bar. So how late is this? Either how early were they at the bar? Yeah. Or how late does this <laughs> rally start? Yeah. Must be <laughs> the next it's, day. It's halfway through the rally, isn't it? It's suggested they- they're coming home from the bar, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it must be the next day. <laughs> it's got to be one of those things where, like, you know, there's there's having the conversation twenty like twenty hours later. It's the sea that doesn't sleep. It is the sea that doesn't <laughs> sleep, but it's in perennial darkness, like it's Alaska. <laughs> we go to the Black Awareness Rally, and we have the Miss Black Awareness Pageant, <laughs> which was funny, and I loved Eddie Murphy as the Reverend here. No, it's not Eddie Murphy. That's, it's Arsenio yeah, Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved Arsenio Hall as the Reverend he here, was so creepy, and he's he? doing the whole like you know um, Baptist preacher doing the whole like, like I feel good. <laughs> he's looking at these women and going, he's lusting after them, yeah. but going looking at this, I know there's a God. <laughs> it's so hard not to do not to do the the intonation because yeah. yeah. it's so. But he's like, knowing this, I know there's a God because Hugh Hefner can take the picture, but he can't make the goods. And I'm like. <laughs> Someone's got a history. Like, I've heard people make metaphors like this, and not about women or things like that, but they make reference to the idea about the creator versus those who. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is so well done. But he's like, girls turn around, and he's like, mm-hmm, that is nice. And everyone, and the crowd's like, amen. And I'm like, this is so weird. As a kid, again, I didn't get the level of satire this is. No, I didn't. This is hysterical I didn't to me. Either. See, seeing as a child, it's different to seeing it as an adult, isn't it? So yeah. And he's like, say joy, like joy, say joy, joy. Yeah. And then uh, Akeem goes, I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> and everyone goes, go ahead. And I will say this, Semi had no accent. Nope. James Earl Jones had no accent, really. He's just James Earl Jones. I kept imagining him with the Darth Vader helmet delivering all the lines. It was quite funny. <laughs> if you imagine Darth Vader going, I hear you've been having sex with your bathers. <laughs> but, um, but I thought Eddie Murphy actually had an accent that was pretty good. Yeah, on and off. I was. I mean, there were bits. There were bits he, where he slips. He slips and he go back into Axel Foley. You, you think? Anytime he uses natural voice, that's Axel Foley. Because he's playing himself. Well, he's playing himself in in Trading Places too. Didn't that come first? Yeah, it did. Yeah. So uh, then we have Randy Watson and sexual chocolate. I again, as a kid, didn't get it. I loved this. Was he based on Rick James? 
It's Rich. Yeah, I think it's got to be <laughs> Rich James. It's got to be, hasn't it? And he's all like trying to get them like like cheer. He's like sexual, like, sexual chocolate. <laughs> and no one's applauding. And he like just drops the mic and walks off stage. I really enjoyed this scene. And though. the little guy Clint is the only one who's a fan. He's like, oh, this guy's good. And they're like, no, he's terrible. <laughs> I enjoyed this. Uh, and he sings, "Was it? I believe the children are our future." future yeah. Which you said is a, a song Whitney, by Houston Whitney Houston song. Yeah, greatest yeah. love of all. That's it. Uh, and then uh, we have a cutaway, and we get our first glimpse of McDowell's, which will come back into it in a second. Yeah. But first off, let's meet Cleo McDowell, played by John Amos. Uh, John Amos, uh, whose character copies McDonald's, has a long history with McDonald's in real life. At one point, he worked at the first ever McDonald's restaurant in Canada. Wow. And he also starred in a famous song and dance McDonald's commercial in 1971 called Grab a Bucket and a Mop. So when, wow. so later in the film, when, when Akeem does the mopping yeah, and he's yeah. like pushing and he kind of looks at the camera, that's supposed to be an in-joke oh, if you, that okay. way before our time. Yeah, There's no we way. Have, we wouldn't have known but that. But really cool though. They worked into the cool. thing. And Lisa wants to rebuild the community. She gets up there, and Dad's like, "Come on, mention the restaurants." Like, Dad, I won't do that. And I'm like, "No, no, you can mention that. You you, we just applauded you for like making the food tonight. You can say, hey, and we're really glad that the food. Please remember our location is at, and then do your message.' Yeah. And the members had mentioned the salad bar, which a we went in there. There was no salad bar in that McDowell's. Nope. Um, and then we also have a cutaway to Daryl Jenkins, uh, the boyfriend, Daryl Jenks, the boyfriend in the front row who will not give money. He looks like um, discount Lionel Richie to me. He, You've seen him <laughs> in a few things, Liam. Uh, we've seen him in one thing for sure. But I know him most famously from ER, where he played Dr. Peter Benton. Oh. Yeah. He's like the super serious doctor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And we saw him. I know this. We saw him in Logan. Remember the family they go stay with for the night yes. and they all end up dying? That's him. Oh, my God. Yeah, so Eric LaSalle, who I know mainly from TV. Wow. But yeah. So wow. glow. <laughs> you're like, and every time he pulls, eh, well, we'll in a minute. So um, then we go to McDowell's because the boys decide this is where they're going to get a job. They get the address, like, let's go there. And so they get a job, and there's a guy there instantly from McDonald's taking pictures. And this is where we get the lowdown of McDonald's versus McDowell's. Yeah. McDonald's has the golden arches. McDowell's has the golden arcs. <laughs> Um, they both have burgers no, with, like, with, like, with like with like two patties, uh, lettuce, pickles, uh, special, special sauce, sauce <laughs> uh, onion uh, on uh, cheese. A pickle. Oh, because McDonald's has there's a sesame seed bun. Our buns have no seeds. <laughs> like, that's not enough to get your own copyright infringement, man. No way, no way, no way. So this McDonald's restaurant was actually a Wendy's. Oh, was it? That was scheduled to be closed for renovation, but the production did have approval from McDonald's I corporate. I was going to say they had to, really. But they didn't pass the word down to the local outlets. On the day the McDowell sign went up, the manager of the McDonald's, one half mile up the road, arrived with his lawyer and took photograph, telling the set dressing crew they're going to be sued for everything they were worth. Was this a wow. scene with the guy taking photos? No, I think it's just a fu- it's just a fun. Yeah, happen- but do you think do you think they they incorporated maybe into they, the movie? maybe they put the photographer in as part of it? Yeah, they say stop taking pictures. Yeah. You're lucky I don't break a camera. Uh, the Wendy's remained in business till early 2013. The building has since been demolished. Aww. And Akeem doesn't know how to mop. Uh, but then once he does, he's going to mop his way to Lisa. He mops that, that, that corridor in front of her office about five times. Not just times. once, not twice, not three times. Nope. And he says, I've just been put in charge of garbage. So, do you need an empty? She goes, no, 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 I don't need empties. Well, when you do, come over here. And the, the, the famous line where he goes, when you think of garbage, think of Akeem. <laughs> 
and we get our soul glow reprise because Daryl is back in his red flash car. And when he pulls into the McDonald's, he like goes across two lanes he to get does. in. He, he totally that. cuts a car. We would say cuts a car off in my country. You would say cuts up. Yeah, is that cut right? Up, yeah, yeah. Cut up a car, he cuts yeah. up a car. Yeah. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> if someone's a cut up, they're funny. No. Yeah. It's, oh, no. He, that guy's such a cut up. No. What? He, I'm, I'm, I'm telling the truth. Oh, that sounds so weird. Well, cut up. <laughs> cut yeah, off. Cut, that they, makes sense. I was no, driving there and you cut me yeah, off. No, they cut us up. <laughs> <laughs> We're just, um, we're just just that are going with this are fabulous we were just, well. we're just saying words loud we're just, we're, we're just like hitting them everybody over the other side of the Atlantic is siding with you and everyone over this side is yeah like probably me. and so uh, Akeem oh sorry and so he totally steals someone's shake yeah he does yeah. like strawberry's your favorite and I'm like oh damn it Daryl and I have the same favorite shake flavor I love a strawberry shake is it your favorite nope what do you like I like a mix between Liam vanilla. has a mixed one yeah, yeah. <laughs> vanilla and chocolate I'm not sure if you could do that in North America you probably could I just never thought of it I used to mix all four okay uh, but now I just have the vanilla because they, they're a bit funny about mixing them yeah yeah <laughs> Ellie shocker I, yeah. I don't really I, I'd probably go for a strawberry don't ruin the fun what? game <laughs> don't really like milkshakes <laughs> I said strawberry, all okay, right? Okay, okay. I sided with you. Let me yeah. off. All right, Georgia. <laughs> banana. 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 Yeah, banana. banana. Gotta love a banana. Well, apparently Daryl's milkshake brings all the girls to the yard. <laughs> Damn right. Um, it doesn't bring them to the yard. It brings them to clean things up, and it's the boys, because uh, he drinks the milkshake. He takes credit for Akeem's donation. He does, so he yeah. goes, yep. someone put in a really large donation. Was it you? Now, Akeem puts in, like, $60,000 or something like that. Whoa. Like, all his money. All his, like, yeah. everything that he had Yeah, in there. And he's like, well, you know, anything for the kids. Yeah. Um, he then throws the shake at Akeem. And I'm like, who does that? There was tons of milkshake left. There was, yeah. I, I'm not throwing that shake away. No. I'm more oh. upset about the amount he left than the fact yeah. that he... Oh, yeah, yeah, same. Also, yeah. the fact that the milkshake like lands like a half a second before the cup does. Yeah. <laughs> it's clearly two different projections that are happening and there. And it's not a thick shake, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. But it, but, I mean, there was more milkshake that was thrown at him than you probably have in a cup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back to the barber shop, and they talk him out of having a soul glow do because he wants that. Now, I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't imagine he has enough hair. No. I don't think so. No, no, I was a bit confused by this. Yeah. It's um, supposed to be a joke, though, isn't it? It's supposed to be yeah. him going, oh, I want to look like him. Because like he's it. the guy who they like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, but it's not about hairdos. It's not how much money you have. It's getting good with the father. That's what matters. So he's trying to get in good. So he goes to McDowell's office the next day and retells his story of watching American football, which sounded a lot like you guys when we started doing a uh, fantasy football <laughs> this year. <laughs> <laughs> But about kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin through a giant age. It was very exciting. We all came a long way. You did. He's actually describing a real game. That the, the, the game he describes is actually one that occurred. So props oh, to him for the that. Green Bay Packers, did he say? Green Bay Packers and the the, the, the Giants of New York the and the of Packers of Green Bay. <laughs> yeah. I love uh, the way he explained that. And Cleo just says, if you want to keep working here, stay off the drugs. <laughs> he, <laughs> he just think. kind of grins and walks out. Like, like I, here's the thing. If, 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 it's, a, it's a funny joke, sure. But if Akeem is from anywhere besides, if he wasn't from Africa, this joke makes sense. Yeah. Like if he's an immigrant who's never heard of American football before and is trying to explain and put into words without knowing the vernacular, everything he says makes sense. Oh, I know, right. Yeah. The only excuse might be how happy he is about it, but Akeem has been happy about everything. Every, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't, even it doesn't situations. It's a fun punchline, but it doesn't make sense, I think, in the universe of the movie. Yeah. 
Uh, and then we meet Maurice, played by Louis Anderson. He's like, man, I don't know what it's like in Africa, but here, rich guys get all the chicks. Um, not great for feminism, as far as I know. <laughs> um, and he goes, oh, and he keeps like, well, you must work very hard. He goes, the Prince of Soul Glow work hard? And they were really the, the, in the script, they really try to put in like royal language into a lot of places. So yeah. he's the prince of soul glow. I didn't realize he said soul glow. I thought he said Soho and I was really confused. No, soul glow. <laughs> um, he goes, he can buy her anything he wants. How, actually, I'm doing a pretty good Louis Anderson. <laughs> How are you going to compete with that? And I uh, liked him. Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall revealed in a 2021 visit to Jimmy Kimmel Live that Louis Anderson was cast in Coming to America only because the studio mandated they needed to have a white comedian appear in the comedy. Really? According to the actors, Paramount gave him a list of three white actors to choose from, and they chose Anderson because Murphy and Hall were fans of his stand-up and didn't reveal who the other two options were. I wish they had gone a bit further with his character. I'd like, um, at the end, to give him money, you know, to get him out of... Yeah, McDowell's. Yeah, you know. I, I guess if you don't, if you didn't want the character to be there, you probably just wrote him enough to satisfy yeah. the studio, and then just left him alone. Don't worry, he gives money to some white guys. <laughs> Does. Um, and so, uh, sorry. Oh, at about one hour and eleven minutes, Maurice has a little monologue at McDonald's, McDowell's, that would later be referenced in the 2005 song "Gold Digger" by Kanye West, where he says the lyrics: "He got that ambition, baby. Look in his eyes. This week he mopping floors. Next week it's the fries." Uh, and that's in reference to that character. That so is cool. When you think of Louis Anderson, think of Kanye West. Yeah. When you think of garbage, think of Akeem. When you think <laughs> of Gold Digger, think of Louis Anderson. That is cool. So there we go. Um, delivery for Miss Lisa McDowell at home. It's earrings. It says from an admirer, comma, not Daryl. Not Daryl, yeah. I love that. There's a game at St. John's basketball game. St. John's is an NCAA college in New York City. Yep. One of the smaller ones. Mm-hmm. It's a real game, which would make sense because uh, well, yeah, trying to convince yeah. all these people to come hang out would be kind of difficult. Exactly. Um, you know, Akeem's still struggling with some of the sports vernacular in the face. <laughs> Um, he's there because he sort of ends up on a double date with Lisa and Daryl by hanging out with Patrice, who's clearly into him. She makes him take his coat off. He puts the coat in his lap, and then she begins. It's 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 a bit visual, and you wouldn't. It's really a bit do visual, that. and it, it's it's like a night. I mean, I just watch Wedding Crashers on the weekend. I mean, it's the same joke where it's, where, it's, where the guy's being um stimulated without yeah, consent yeah, and yeah, it's a yeah. joke and it's been a joke for 20 years 30 years you know these kind of jokes um if if we look at this literally she's sexually violating him yeah well whether it was on the pre i mean if you flip the genders there's no way no but you know and he, he doesn't do the thing where like he sort of moves her hand once but like rather than put the coat on the on the back of the chair which would have <laughs> solved the problem he just keeps doing the same thing expecting a different outcome um, Sorry. not intended <laughs> he then goes ahead and excuses himself to go to the toilet in line for the bathroom a vendor recognizes him uh oh i need to go before Hang this on. for a second oh, yeah, i'll on. skip something um because this is where daryl says what's the most racist thing that's been said in this movie <laughs> yep Okay, what's, what's it been so far? It's been, okay, I, yeah. I, 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 can, I can do much better than that. Uh, wearing clothes must be a new experience for you. And he goes, what kind of games do you play in Africa? Chase the monkey? Ooh. And you think this is written by... The only, is, yeah, he, is he just being ironic? Is he being... F- 
is he no just, he's been extremely prejudiced well, no, 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 when Eddie Murphy wrote it, was he, was he just throwing it out there, not as a, a joke, as a joke, like we see in the movie, do you think he's being ironic in the way he's going, look, this is what I'm showing you? Maybe, I don't know, I, I can't, I'm, I'm not part of the community, so I can't really speak, no. but I think it would be naive to assume that, that there isn't, for some people, some forms of prejudice about people who live in different, different areas, and there would be ignorance, about especially in a pre-internet world yeah about what the situation in africa was like to be a ton of ignorance when i was a kid you know what i knew about africa it was what they showed me on like live aid commercials and things like that yeah true. that was the information we got that yeah. because we were drip fed some information for so long it builds up these ideas of what we think africa is like mm. once they're still trying to get out from underneath in some situations where they're going you know portions of you know there, there are many communities in africa that are technologically advanced and self-sustaining and, and, and thriving but because of years of commercials for Live Aid or what is it, Christian's Child Network. Every time I watch yeah, yeah. the Comedy Network and they, they go, ha, are you enjoying your Big Bang Theory on a, on a weekend? I'm like, yeah, I really am. Great. Here's pictures of starving children. And you're like, why? Why do you do this to me? And so these things build up over time and they create these long-lasting concepts of what you imagine these, these areas to be. So I think when we see Daryl representing this, I liked that it wasn't a white character doing this. Okay, if I throw another question at you, if I want Eddie Murphy that wrote it and I was some white guy that wrote it. That's a very different story. Isn't it? So I think we have to go story by Eddie Murphy and his name's on it, which yeah. means the direction of the characters, that falls on him. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to go. Which is what makes you think, is he trying to be ironic? I don't think he's trying to be ironic at all. No. I think he's saying this, 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 this can exist. Okay. I think I think what he's doing is kind of, it's, it's a bit of social commentary. It's him going... Look, people. People are this still is talking people like this. Still, yeah, Stop yeah, yeah, yeah. it! Okay. I, think, yeah. I think he also feels yeah. the heat from 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 Akeem as far as competition for for Lisa, and yeah. so he's using whatever he can to mock and to tear him down in front of Lisa. Oh, okay. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking. I was I was talking outside of the movie, not inside the movie. Why no, no, I, I think it's a character role. He is the antagonist. He's making him an antagonist. Oh, okay. So I think as far as that goes, and I'm sure maybe there's some stuff outside of the movie. Uh, if anybody's out there and wants to, to, to chip in and, and provide It just uh, felt like Eddie, Eddie Murphy was trying to make a point. Well, in I think it's a point, but the point is an irony. It's not the opposite. I guess it's the opposite. It's irony in the sense that I wouldn't expect one black character to another yeah, black yeah, character, yeah. these sorts of things. But it'd be naive to think, you know, I live in a part in Canada where if you speak English or if you speak French, there is, regardless of, oh, of, yeah, of ethnicity, yeah, there are there are issues between those sort of situations or if you live from atlantic canada there are neighborhoods and there are jokes about that population of people okay that 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 are well that are just really close-minded but those jokes exist and so jokes about insects and webbed feet right so i i think it's just within any well i think it'd be naive to think that there wouldn't be um these sorts of concepts jokes um derogatory statements it's just the fact that he uses it quite a bit through this movie he does you know and i didn't know whether he's trying to hammer home something or i don't know i just think he's trying to rep i think the character well we're talking two different worlds the character and he's trying to create a villain and you have to really hate daryl yeah you do yeah. yeah yeah So then we go ahead, and in the line for the bathroom, a vendor recognizes Akeem, says, this is the greatest day of my life. This guy, is he anybody? They gave him, they put his name on the screen, so I would think so. I didn't recognize him from because anything. Because there's so many Easter eggs in this movie. Yeah. I didn't know if he was somebody. I don't like know. Like another comedian or 
He should be a comedian of some sort, but I I, I don't know him from anything else. Oh, he's, okay. got, he's got a face. I'm like, do I know him from something? But I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he wants a picture and says, I will treasure this experience for the rest of my life. And he says this just as um, a Daryl and Lisa. Is Patrice with him? Uh, I don't remember being there. No, I anyway, he's just yeah. I don't remember seeing oh, why does this point no. But why doesn't the okay, so the other guy takes the picture, but then they both bow as they as they walk away. Yeah. So if you're the guy taking the picture, didn't you want a chance to be in the shot too? Yeah, you, you wouldn't miss out. <laughs> oh, geez, you? You do a, see that picture? Yeah, I took that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure you did. Um, and so then we have you know um, Daryl makes his move and says, "Why don't you quit this job?" And she goes, oh, "I like this job." And he goes, "You're mine." <laughs> And it's a reverse Akeem problem, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants to give her that life of luxury. And she doesn't want that life of luxury. Yeah. She wants to continue and work and do all that stuff. And then just as this happens, he goes up to get her a coffee and then enter gloriously from stage right, Samuel L. Jackson in the most Samuel L. Jackson way Brilliant. possible. Brilliant. He's, did, okay, George, do you recognize this was Samuel L. Jackson? No. Even with all the swearing. I know he's Even young. with all the swearing. He didn't see Nick Fury there. No, not until, not until I saw the credits. Wow. Like, oh. Ellie, did you recognize it was Samuel Jackson? Yeah. Okay. Georgia, so, that is face blindness. That is face blindness. <laughs> yeah, it's, his, it's his tone of voice. He's swearing like a sailor. <laughs> he does, does he? Oh. And so uh, Akeem just very slowly undoes the mop. And I love the fact we had the staff fight earlier because yeah, we knew exactly what he was doing. Yep. We knew exactly what he was doing. And he goes, excuse me for a moment. And Samuel Jackson responds civilly with, who the fuck is this asshole? It's not like he jumps straight in to fight him, is it? He literally confronts him. He gives him the moment him. and goes, it would be wise of you to put the weapon down. <laughs> oh, sorry, this is where he swears in this yeah, here. Yeah. And uh, he very quickly, in a couple, and to be fair, Semi's ready as well. Yeah, he is. So yeah. Semi and him are both saving the day, although he does the initial move. And if you notice, it's the same move they did back in... Was it? When they, yeah, because okay. he sweeps the feet as oh, well. Oh, he sweeps the feet, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so Cleo McDowell thanks them by inviting them to a party. And this is a, this is low... As staff. Yep. I didn't say that. If you comment. want to thank someone, like, oh. let him be. If oh. he's, if he's, he goes, he probably won't be hitting us up again. Well, I hope not. You just. Yeah. Like, you would have thought they got the cops and he'd be in jail now. Yeah. He tried to do armed really robbery. Genuine. Yeah. He seems so genuine. He did. Not Th- a- thanks to my African connection. <laughs> um, and so Cleo refers to his house as a castle as he's giving Akeem the tour. Says in twenty or thirty years, maybe with hard work, you can have a you can have a place like this for yourself. <laughs> and Akeem's like, hmm, that would be something. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Daryl's telling Akeem, I would have helped, you know, but I was holding the coffee in my hand. Mm. What the thing he probably could have thrown on his face, maybe. Yeah, and cowering behind a chair. And he says, "You see women." So Good they, throwing drinks. He said, "They all yeah. want a man to take charge. Tell them what to do." Ooh. <laughs> Uh, ladies, just out of curiosity, is that what you're after? Are you after a man who's going to take charge and tell you what to do? No. Okay. Nope. You don't want a Neanderthal? <laughs> what if his I mean, so- unless I'm stuck between choosing, like, ribs in honey sauce and ribs in barbecue, and he goes, just go for that yeah, one. That's I was, okay. I was that's just going to say, fine. if it's helpful choosing what to have for dinner, I can be very indecisive. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that's, not that's a bad says the girl, who Says the girl who was asking our opinion on what movie she wants to pick for her choice. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but that's when I've requested. No, fair enough. Oh, fair enough. He's told a decision. When so, I've asked for his opinion. Pick number to, two, then. To make a choice. Of the four. Not, not what ensues in the film. So Daryl and Amos, like, clear off. 
No, not Amos. His name's not Amos. His name's John Amos. Yeah. His uh, Cleo. Daryl and Cleo like exit stage left and talk about like you know what something's going to happen. Says make sure everyone's got champagne. Like who doesn't see this coming? And they come on up and they've got like Daryl's parents are there and like his like they all have the soul glow kind of like Jerry curl (laughs) kind of look. And they get up and and it's all shining. It's all shining. Oh, and the bench is like all like covered in grease. Yeah, the bench behind me had been sat is all wet. I was like, why are they all so sweaty? No, because they keep spraying themselves (laughs) in the soul glow. (laughs) That Um, makes so much more sense. And we get found out, but Daryl popped the question. And Lisa said yes. And, and, and like, Cleo's got to be aware of this. Do we forgive Cleo way too quickly for this? Mm-hmm. Because we yeah. don't forgive Daryl, but we do forgive Cleo. We do, yeah. Well, is he aware of it? or has? Oh, Cleo's Carol definitely aware of this. He, yes. he, he, he wants it to, doesn't he? Because if you can read, like, blind people can read her body language on this. <laughs> yeah. Like, she said, she said yes. She was like, yes! And she folds her arms like a toddler who's been told she can't have any more ice cream yeah. and sort of like squints <laughs> her eyes. She's like, mm, I'm mad! And also, if you're going to invite up, like, you know, all of the family members up to make the announcement at the front, surely you would invite up the bride-to-be. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they announced so. for it, not we have announcement, and he just had the question, and she said yes! And meanwhile, she's like looking all mad, and then the the the, the, the preacher played by Arsenio Hall comes back over. And he's like, "I'm going to pray for you." Yeah. <laughs> I love it, and he can't read her opinion at all. Uh, oh, it's so good. Um, and so there's another heart to heart because Akeem and Lisa go outside on the swings, and they both determine they hate arranged marriages, yeah. which means they're meant to be because they're the only two characters in this movie who seem to get that. <laughs> The next day, Semi doesn't want to go to work. Akeem tells him, clean the place up and go to work. Lisa and Akeem have a date. He says, I have to warn you, my home is very poor. Until he shows up and it looks like the place had like an extreme makeover home edition. It did, didn't it? Oh, jeez. But it was like it was the most like 1988 thing ever. With a jacuzzi. Neon and a jacuzzi yeah. and this big screen TV. And like back when like stereo systems had to have like four levels to them. Yeah. I never understood that. I never oh, understood no. that. I don't get it. I, I, I'm not saying I don't like it. I literally don't understand it. Oh, it's because they had like a cassette player. Uh, um, yeah, the records on top. Uh, Equalize, whatever they call it. Yeah, the, uh, EQ, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, record player. Yeah, okay. Um, for retro records and toys. Retro records and toys. <laughs> for all your retro needs. And so uh, Akeem goes over and takes this like giant stack of cash. And he goes, oh, Akeem, don't take my pocket money. <laughs> which, which if, for anybody who's not from the UK, pocket money is what you might call allowance. In that, it's just oh, like yeah, a, it's just that, like a yeah. little bit of money that yeah, you would yeah, be yeah. given for spending. Yeah. It, it, it's not considered a sizable amount. So no. to call it pocket money was quite ironic it was don't you think um so they go for a walk instead <laughs> a little too ironic <laughs> i really do think um <laughs> it's like right yeah on your wedding day, day arranged wedding day so they go for a, that song they go for, yeah so me too much. the only thing ironic about that film is it doesn't contain one actual bit of irony in it that's ironic, that ironic. you'd expect a song called ironic song. to actually have some irony in it. You would. Um, so, as I said about four times, I've gone for a walk. Um, she says, I think you're too embarrassed and you don't want me to go in. He goes, once again, you've seen right through me. Because <laughs> he's just like, whatever you have to do, don't let her in the house. Nope. And so Akeem gives the money in a McDowell's bag to a bum. And at first, you don't really get who the bum is till after he leaves. It's and then cool. he takes off his hat. And Georgia, did you realize? Oh, no, you didn't see it previously. Ellie, did you did realize you who, who these were? were? 
Well, I recognised the names, so I knew straight away that it was them. I didn't realise it was actually the same people. He says yeah. Mortimer and Randolph, yeah. we're back. They didn't look the same to me. Because they've been knew- bums. Yeah. This yeah, is them after like, living on the street for five years. I thought their faces were completely different actors. No. Well, they're no. dirty. But <laughs> <laughs> they were younger. They do um, look better, I knew, actually. I recognised the names anyway, so I knew yeah. what the point was. Randolph, we're back. It's great to suggest they share the same universe. I love it. Yeah. I was saying to Liam at one point when when uh, Akeem's in his back in his, in his uh, princely sort of garments and he's in the back of the car, I wanted to see Dan Aykroyd with the black eye come into the other lane and they could look at each other again. It would have been so cool. It would have been. There was, it, was, it was begging for one more thing. And actually, speaking of one more thing, there was supposed to be one more thing. Paul Gleason was asked to come back and reprise his role as clarence beaks from trading places cool. but he had to turn it down because he committed to die hard oh which that's a better call than yeah, doing yeah, like a, yeah. a little cameo yeah but if they could have found a day oh just that would have been great it would have been good uh, she says i bet where you're from women throw themselves at your feet <laughs> it's almost regal so this is quite good yeah, at this yeah. point like mortimer and randolph come knocking on the that's, window yeah. thank you very much <laughs> I'll be the fight. I'm still not talking to you. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, props to them for survi- those little old guys, man. So yeah, out on the street yeah, for five yeah. years. Well done. But that was nice to have the old team back, wasn't it? You yep. know, with John Landis, Eddie. Yeah, and too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and even if I don't know if you notice when he gives the money back and they realize who it is, you get a bit of like the score from yeah. trading places in the back of the. That's good. Akeem says he's a goat herder. The check comes and he wants to pay. Which, I mean, this is the part where I'm going, okay, so some parts you don't like of the old school way, but the whole idea that the man has to pay, you're still on board with that, are you, Akeem? Seems weird. I want yeah, an independent yeah. woman until the check comes. Yeah. And then, no, 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 I'm the man. Uh, she says, if I wanted someone who was wealthy, I'd be with Daryl, not you. They dance to the song To Be Loved. And she goes, what about Patrice? <laughs> he goes, I'm not interested in Patrice. Well, what about Daryl? I'm, I'm not, not interested, interested in Daryl either. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's good. Uh, Semi goes to Western Union and sends a telegram asking for three hundred thousand. The woman who played the the, the woman inside the booth, yeah. I thought she was great. She in this, was funny in this oh, little role. Her. She's like four, maybe you think five. Well, why you're at it? Why not ask for a cool mill? You don't think it's too much? Nah. That's because she thinks that he's like some sort of nut, don't she? Oh, she does absolutely. <laughs> she's probably taking the piss. Yeah. But, she's, but, she, but she's still great. Yeah, she yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, Patrice has broken into the apartment. Like we completely overlooked this. She breaks in. She was like, hey, by looking for Akeem, and like, what? Like, you, like, she broke in. Yeah. So, uh, to be fair, Sammy's got one move here. He really only does, and that's to say that he's the prince. And that works. Yep. Akeem is walking down the street singing to be loved. And Akeem, if there's one thing he doesn't learn during his time in America, it's that when people, when you start shouting, people want you to be quiet. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the whole movie long, he just does not get it. He walks in on Sammy and Patrice making out. She calls Sammy Sweet Prince and then Your Royal Highness. And Akeem's kind of cool with the idea that he's the servant. He goes, well, that kind of works. Yeah. Um, back in McDowell's, and Cleo's trying to get Lisa to marry Daryl. And his his line is, why don't you go ahead and marry Daryl? He dresses real nice. <laughs> like he's got some, oh, yeah, daddy, yeah. you just want me to because he's rich. Well, I don't want you to struggle. Like, this is This is crap. Yeah. He dresses real nice. <laughs> uh, I don't know what, I mean. what everyone yeah. wants in a man. It is everyone wants a man. Uh, so um, it's kind of the message of, of Down with Love. Down with Love, crazy stupid love, crazy stupid love. Uh, great film, great film. 
Um, back to the super who walks in and Akeem says he wants to trade apartments. The super says, fine, you can trade apartments with me, which is what I would say. Yeah, you would. Yeah. He goes, is yours poor? He went, yeah, it's a real shithole. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the Zamundan kind of score pick back up and we see rose petals we on do. the floor and we know who it's going to be. It's going to be the return of the king. It is. Uh, and James Earl Jones walks What's out. What's that sequel name for? Return of the King? That's yeah. um, uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Return of the King, and he's wearing Mufasa. <laughs> which, which felt very meta yeah, he is. Uh, and he finds out he goes upstairs he breaks it on the super in the hot tub having a stogie and he sees the picture of um, the picture of Akeem uh, employee of the month and he goes my son works and then they go off to see the apartment downstairs and so they open they knock on the door and Sammy goes coming and he opens the door sees the king he screams and slams the door <laughs> so good ad lib was it yeah that. and he opens and props to James Earl Jones for keeping a straight face yeah. I don't know if it was the first take we saw was what happened well no because it couldn't be because the camera's coming to the other side but still just the idea that they continued the scene and they went through I loved it I oh, thought I it was it brilliant too. I thought it was good um, it was such a hit with the production crew it was worked into the final cut um, and so King Jaffe says to Sammy you've disgraced yourself and you must be punished please uh, escort yourself to the Waldorf Astoria <laughs> <laughs> and they will clothe you and bathe him thoroughly. <laughs> he said, I'm in. Thank you, Your Highness. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized he's you supposed to be getting scolded in the here. Suite. Yes. Yeah. Back to the museum. Uh, he makes out with, uh, he makes out with, um, um, what's her name? Lisa. Lisa. I'm yeah. sorry, Lucy. Lisa to uh, to avoid outing himself as the Princess of Munda because he's like, oh, it's a Munda. He's like, yes, it's a beautiful country. They would treat you like a queen. <laughs> And then there's the no, picture no, of him in the, uh, which must have been taken like two days before he left. <laughs> that picture is like up to date because he's only had the mustache for a year. Yeah, true. Yeah, so I'll tell you what, they're like, you know, everything else. Okay, forget about that. Get the Zamunda exhibit up to date. People want to see that. Um, Even the note has got him with a tash on, hasn't it? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, back at McDowell's, Cleo is ensuring that Daryl will be there at 9 p.m. He gets told there's some people to see you. He goes, they're not from McDonald's, are they? <laughs> <laughs> nope. And I think that's the last we saw of, of Lonnie Anderson in this film. Louis Anderson. Louis Anderson. Louis yeah, Anderson's I, I liked him, though. He was good. He was very good. Uh, King wants Cleo to call him when they show up. Uh, when King Ka- uh, when King Jaffe comes looking for his son Akeem at the restaurant, because uh, uh, Cleo asks, should, "Should I tell him that you're looking for him?" He goes, "No, do not alert him to my presence. I shall deal with him myself." This is an homage to his line as Darth Vader, who is voiced by James Earl Jones, who in Star Wars has a similar line: "No, leave them to me. I will deal with them myself." That's cool. <laughs> That's so, cool. I like that sort of stuff. Yeah. And he goes for your trouble and hands him a hundred pound note with a picture of. Um, Akeem yep. on it. Uh, the hundred pound note, bank note issued by the Bank of Zamunda featuring Prince Akeem's portrait is derived from the Bank of England's one pound design in use in England and Wales from 1960 to 1979. Akeem's portrait just covers the place of Queen Elizabeth II, and the of covers a vignette of Britannia. Everything else, apart from the Bank of Zamunda and the amount, uh, but so by everything else, I mean the intricate background, the, the curlaces and the diamond shape underlying the words I promise to pay the bearer and the position of a serial numbers is exactly the same as the original. British note. Uh, cool. I, I, I thought kinda, it looked familiar. Yeah, I did. Yeah. 
And I kept thinking to myself, what is that worth in their money then? A hundred, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't go on. A, no, no, I know, I know, I know. But I'm just thinking how much, if I knew the, the equivalent. I, th- yes, it's, I think it's a, po- I mean, I'm, I'm like a hundred dollars maybe. I like just kind of imagine change pound like dollars. Life. I guess. Just the idea of it, it's, it's, it's a number bigger than yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be him buying them off, I suppose. Yeah. But what could, like, here's the money, like, for your trouble. I can't spend this. No, exactly. <laughs> it's a cool little keepsake, but I can't use this. Here's also a flight. <laughs> I, 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 I gotta go to the airport just to go to one of those ca- <laughs> cash converting places just to get my money back and they always take like 15 percent uh, always say too much um akeem knows the jig is up because he goes home and sees the rose petals everywhere <laughs> too much rose petals to be fair um he has to go to the waldorf astoria uh wants to take his time um and so um, they go to the house first. He drops her off at her, at, her, at uh, at least his father's house. And I don't know if anybody else notices the couch they're forced to sit down on is the same design as the McDowell's cu- yes uniforms. I know it's yeah. that same red yeah. thatched. I, I instantly went. That wasn't research. Just me going. That's the same. That is. Uh, I think there was something else in the film as well, but I didn't write it down, so I can't remember what it was. Okay. It's like some random red tartany stuff just scattered. There's a lot of stuff just scattered. With, yeah, uh, Cleo is way too happy to see him. <laughs> Considering he went to I, I, he calls him son at one point. Yeah, and he goes to call the king. The bell goes, and this was a fun little mini bit here. It's Daryl, and the door is slammed in his face. Loved it. He goes, "Who was that?" He went, "Jehovah's Witness." <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the rings again. The girl doesn't like you. Can't you get that through your greasy head? And then he rings again. It was a knock this time. It was yeah, a knock. Yeah. He sicks the dog on him, and it's this little cute little poodle kind Dottie, of thing. Is it? Like Dottie. Poodle, Dottie. Lottie. Dottie. Yeah. It's something like that, wasn't it? Uh, Akeem then leaves, and Cleo returns. He said he put some hors d'oeuvres in the oven. Like, the hors d'oeuvres have been cooking for, like, 90 seconds. But also, wasn't it, like, pineapple and cheese on sticks type hors d'oeuvres? Just like, had they, that they even fro- been in the oven? They were frozen, but it's not the... Uh, maybe, maybe he had one in the oven and he a different plate. in blankets. Oh, he said there were pigs in blankets. That's right. Didn't he? Yeah. The pigs in blankets when the king gets over there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Lisa peppers her dad with questions, and Cleo makes the reveal, and there's timely lightning in a rainstorm when things get sad. Mm. Sounds good. Yeah. And she's when I say he's got his own money, he's got his, his own, own money. money. <laughs> he goes off to the Waldorf. Akeem finds Semi, tells him they're going to Queens because everyone's going back to the McDowell's. <laughs> Cleo is trying so hard to impress the king. Yeah. I think this is what, I think when he turns on Daryl's when we go, oh, I forgive you. I'm like, oh, that isn't no, enough. Because he's just opportunistic, Cleo yeah, is. Yeah, he is. He's just sort of... He's chasing he's, the money. He's a bit of a grifter, isn't he? Money. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's all about the money, money, money. 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 Uh, the king speaks to... Cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the king speaks to Lisa and calls her a wild oat. Why is that funny? That was Why funny. Is that funny? <laughs> I want to take you back in time. <laughs> that was great. When Louis Anderson made the fries. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. Um, and then we go, uh, they try to pay off Cleo. One million, two million. He goes, Give credit to him here. This is the bit where he's forgiven, isn't he's it? He's forgiven here, Because yeah. he is so money-hungry, but this is the line. Yeah, that's his door, you know. But then it's like, I mean, this is like, 
I hate to go back to wrestling, but this is like when a bad guy <laughs> turns. When, this is like when a bad guy turns good, and now they have no faults anymore. So everybody who they ever were with one moment has changed, and he starts getting basically like the Star Spangled Banners rising behind him, and you know, oh, sorry, is uh, yeah, it's both a flag and a anthem. So yeah, it's rising behind him, and you hear the music playing. He's going, "This is America, and you can't buy people off in America." Whereas before, he's like, "He's got his own money." <laughs> yeah. Um, Patrice comes in and exposes the initial ruse. And at this point, Semi and um, Akeem have entered the room. And everyone looks at Semi in a bad way. And he goes, no, Akeem's the prince. And Patrice goes, how come she always gets the good ones? <laughs> this really annoyed me. Yeah, I mean. Like, Semi's perfectly fine. Yeah. Like, you know, he's... He's like he's chief. Not exactly door, a poor peasant. Is yeah, he? the door has turned into like a dad. We yeah, very before. much so. Yeah, I, I really for what she, I mean, the actress who played. I thought she did a really good job. Yeah, she did. Yeah. As that fun kind of you know not serious, just do what you want kind of person. More of a funny role. Yeah. Um, Mom tells Akeem to go after Lisa. Um, the king tries to say, "Don't do it." He goes, "Akeem, I forbid you." She goes, "Put a sock in it, Joffrey." The boy's in love, <laughs> which it. I liked, but at the Me same too. time, thought was completely out of character for her. It, I think, because she's been in America and she's seen what her son wants oh, for such a long. She's time. been in America for four <laughs> hours, <laughs> but she's seen she's been seen a lot of stuff. She caught an episode of Designing Women on the way over. <laughs> Again, it's just a mother being protective of her son and saying, look, let him have what he wants. I mean, there is the bit when, like, she, like he doesn't know there's a mustache. She's aware of what he does yeah. and says it's been a year. She knows him and has been on the other side of the situation. And maybe... <laughs> What's funny? What was funny? He knows her son so well because she noticed he'd had a mustache. Okay, no, no. Be- be- better than the king. Better than the king. Better she, than the king. She's obviously, yeah, spend more time with him than the king does. So, um, then Daryl comes in through the window. <laughs> I thought this was kind of great. Dripping so back. he goes, Lisa dumped me. And he goes, oh, well, the first thing to do is get you out of these wet clothes. And he just stares at the camera. That was brilliant. They deserve each other. I'm, 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 I'm cool with this. Yeah, they deserve each other. Yeah, I'm cool with this. That's the way he looked at the camera. just made me, yeah. made me laugh. Uh, on the subway, uh, Akeem tracks Lisa down to the subway, graffiti and all. When I went to New York, I was disappointed that all the subways were clean. Oh, they cleaned all <laughs> up. They didn't look like this. Um, Lisa now knows who gave her the earrings and throws them to him, and somehow he catches two earrings in one at the glove. Same, yeah, that was And she impressive. throws it kind of down rather than at him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Akeem says he came to Queens to find her. He renounces his throne. I'm not sure if that will really hold up. I think he has to actually sign some documents. That's like in the office with Michael's. I, I, I declare, declare bankruptcy. bankruptcy. I wonder if it's how Harry and Meghan did it. They just got onto the tube and went, We denounce our thrones. <laughs> Um, she turns him down and then this lovely little black lady goes if you're really a prince I'll marry you and he says nothing his heart's broken but he yeah. just gives her the earrings and the train so bit. it's sweet but it's also funny yeah and she just kind of looks at the earrings with this look of wonder why did you find it worth half a million dollars <laughs> that's better than a hundred pound note you can't spend yeah absolutely I wonder whether she keeps them or not no she sells them <laughs> but they'd look really good on her uh, she no, probably she... got assaulted for the earrings on the yeah. way back she put them yeah. on and that was it she's in a drain somewhere um in the car and the girl said he goes well, what do you want me to do the girl said no this is the king joffy she goes she goes well after you spoke to her i i, I assume no wonder he goes well it's a tradition who am i to change you well, i'm sorry i thought you were the king you were the king mm-hmm. so good and then we go back to zamunda for the wedding and there's a pink wedding dress there is yep um I thought it looked all right. 
I thought it reminded me of Wizard of Oz. It made. Oh, I thought <laughs> it was very Glinda. I thought it wasn't made, it. I thought it made Zamunda look because it, it looked like it had its own traditions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and the train is even longer than longer. All the gold dress at the start. Yeah. The veil and it's shallow depth of field, so you really can't tell until she gets right up there. Even if you have a you have a hint, they make you wait. Yeah. And Akeem just looks straight forward. He's just doing his duty. That's all he's doing here. And we get the reveal as he lifts up the veil and we see that it's Lisa. And then he looks back to his parents and from just out of the shot, in walks Cleo <laughs> and like leans on the chair. Yeah. And I was so happy to see him. I should, I've forgiven him, whether I should or not. Yeah, I don't know, I know, but I've forgiven him. Same. Um, they kiss uh, and o- Ova, Opa, o- Oha? Something like I, 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 I think it's Oha. Oha. Oha or Ova? I guess OHA. I think it's OHA. Yeah, OHA. Something like that. Says, Your Highness, Your Highness, we have not come to that part yet. <laughs> and then after the wedding, they're in this lovely processional carriage, and she's looking around going, Would you really have given all of this up for me? And he goes, Absolutely. We can give it all up now if you want. And she looks and she pauses and looks around, and unlike Meghan Markle, she goes, Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and embraces her princess absolutely uh and that is the film except for the coda which i really loved yeah. old man saul doing a joke about <laughs> soup and he goes waiter you come and taste the soup and he yeah. goes why is it too hot he goes no no just taste the soup is there is it a taste funny no just taste the soup is it too cool would you just taste the soup he goes fine Where's the spoon? And, but we're already like waiting. He's just, aha. Still makes me laugh. Aha. I'm curious to know if Ellie picked up on this joke. Did you, Ellie? I didn't see this. Oh, did you not? If you wait just no. a little bit longer, there's like a, almost like a Marvel post credit scene yeah. where they do oh, this no. joke. And this joke I've just Didn't described. That in 1988. This joke I've just <laughs> described is a joke in the first episode of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, okay. He's saying it to one of the guys, uh, Joel says it to one of the guys who he works with. And that's yep. his idea, but he thinks he's a comedian. Oh, oh sorry, Georgia, you picked up on this, did you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's the same joke. And the guy's like, oh, where's the spoon? I'll be thinking about that one for a week. So I was like, I was like, wow. When I saw that then, not now, when I yeah, saw yeah. it then on Maisel, I went, I've heard this joke before. This yeah. is the joke from coming to America. Yeah. Because I always remember him going, aha. <laughs> I love Eddie Murphy's soul. Can we can we have like favorite cameo? <laughs> what favorite like alternate versions oh, of them? Yes, yeah, yeah, I'll version, take that. Yeah. Uh, really quickly, there was a lawsuit. Uh, this film was the subject of the Buckwald versus Paramount lawsuit, in which the humorist Art Buckwald filed in 1990 against the film's producers on the grounds this film's idea was stolen from his 1982 script about a rich despotic African potentate who comes to America for a state visit. Paramount had opted in the treatment uh, and John Landis was attached as director and Eddie Murphy was attached as the lead. Ooh. But after two years of development hell, Paramount abandoned the project in 85. In 87, they began co- working on Coming to America based on a story by Eddie Murphy. Mm, so funny. So Buckwald won the breach of contract action and the court ordered monetary damages. They later settled out of court before an appeal was going to go to trial. The rumored number is $900,000. I'm going to ask you to remember that number as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So, uh, Legacy, there was a Tamil film called My Dear Marthanden, was produced based on the plot of Coming to America, and a Hong Kong film, The Fun, The Luck, and The Tycoon, also has the same plot. Coming to America sounds better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the melody heard in the bathroom scene, where Prince Hakeem is being washed by female servants, was sampled in Snoop Dogg's 2006 song, That's That, featuring R. Kelly. A remix of the song, featuring American rapper Nas, includes a woman's voice saying, The royal penis is clean, your highness. <laughs> That's cool. In 2015, John Landis revealed that although he liked coming to America, he felt the movie was slow and requested that Paramount allow him to produce a director's cut for the Blu-ray disc edition. Should have waited five more years. It yeah. seems to be all the all the rage now to let him have your alternate cuts. Um, he said he would have shortened the film to improve its pacing. I'm wondering what he would have cut. Mm. Maybe some parts of the date sequence. Yeah. It felt like it dragged a bit there. Paramount refused, saying the original movie was too successful. And then coming to the number two America, originally scheduled for theatrical release December 18th, 2020, but due to COVID, Amazon Studios released it on Prime Video on March 4th, 2021. And so that is the movie. I liked it. I think it held up. Liam, you seem to laugh for someone who didn't think he was going to like it that much. I know, and I do. I, I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ellie? Um, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Um, I didn't find it particularly dated. So, yeah. I do, yeah, I like enjoyed it fine from a modern day perspective. I- and yeah, it was all right. I love a good fish out of water story, yeah. which is what, what, what this is, right? Yep. And kind of the whole, it's kind of Sleeping Beauty. Will you love me for who I am and not the, not the person I present myself as? So we're going to swap places and you can pretend that I, it's, yeah, it felt yeah, very yeah. Sleeping Beauty. Uh, Georgia? Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. Um, hey! I, yeah. Uh, yeah, like Elliot, didn't feel particularly dated. Um, the prosthetics for Eddie Murphy being several different people looked slightly dated in places. Yeah, um, yeah, but, but, yeah. Other than that, yeah, no, it was it was good. Right. I will say, I didn't realize that was it Soul. Yep, the Jewish guy. I didn't realize that was Eddie Murphy. Did oh, you not? Really? There we go. So, like the but the main barber guy, he looked really bad. Wait, so I, I don't know if we covered this or not. So Georgia, you didn't pick up that any of these were Eddie Murphy or Arsenio Hall, or you did? Um, I knew that they were being played by people that they weren't because of the prosthetics. Okay. Um, so like you could see like the hair. He, you'd see like he had like a bald cap like pulled down and like as his face moved like the bald cap didn't okay. move mm-hmm. so i could tell I wasn't that it wasn't that level. As i a, could tell that it wasn't who it wasn't just people who actually looked like that but i didn't know who they were but you're always much better at seeing that stuff than i am yeah. as, as a kid i picked up on this only because of eddie murphy's teeth oh really yeah <laughs> okay i just looked at his teeth I like, that gap might his... what it was for me as well yeah, or, that's, that's maybe what... it was either that or the fact that the teeth were so ridiculous yeah. Because the main barber guy is... Sorry. No, the main barber you, guy you're the pregnant like boss. And I, went, I can go. And then you went, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep talking. I was like, okay. We're not in the end game yet. Because the main barber guy has got like gold caps on his front teeth, yeah, he doesn't does, he? Yeah. And I think another one has like... Just yeah, Clarence has 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 the gold the gold thing on his front. Yeah, he, he's still got the same face shape of um, Eddie Murphy. He, he looks still looks like an older version of Eddie Murphy, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. All right. I, I'm, am I safe now? Yeah, you're safe. All right. We're in the end game now. And Dwayne Smith, we are on the end game now because you like game. to say that back. So here we are. Uh, let's talk about the money, money, money. So yeah. um, ching, 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 ching. Thirty six million dollars was the budget. Mm-hmm. How much does it make? Globally, globally, I actually have global numbers. I wasn't sure I'd get them, but I do. Mm, back in eighty-eight, uh, one hundred and sixty-five. Mm, Two ten. I don't know whether to go slightly higher or slightly lower than Liam. One hundred and seventy-five. 
Uh, Georgia said 210. She's still considerably low. 289. Wow. Big hit. So remember, we said that uh, the, 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 they settled out of court for $900,000. Mm-hmm. This is after this is after it made money. Like this is 1990. They do the, the court case, and we said that um, John Landis makes what was it 10 percent of the gross. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's 29 million dollars. Yeah, not Just bad. Said, not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad. So I probably let Eddie Murphy call me every name under the sun as well, and yeah, then say, "Yeah, I'll yeah. come back." Yeah. What, what else? 29 million. What else you got there? Throw money at me. Yep. <laughs> And so uh, let's talk. I mean, there are no awards. I mean, the legacy, we sort of know what the legacy of the film is. There's a sequel. It's very quotable. It is. It is very quotable. It's not going to be an Oscar-nominated thing, though, is it? No. It's not got like a, that feel to it, has it? No, let me put this out here. Okay. Coming to America or Trading Places? Ooh. Do you know, hands down, I would have said Trading Places, but now... Mm. Probably come to America at push. I America? laughed more. Yeah, you, you laughed a lot in the first third. I did, didn't I? You did. Uh, sorry, Ellie, I didn't catch what you said. Easily coming to America. Yeah. I think coming to America, and I don't want it to be the case, but I think it is the case. Yeah. I think there's less characters. And as a result, I think it's a much simpler story to tell. Mm-hmm. It's Eddie Murphy's story, and then everything else can sort of go around it as opposed to trying to tell. They were trying to tell a lot of stuff in Trading Places. Yeah. yeah. And there wasn't enough room for. There's just more, more, more laughs in this one. This mm-hmm. is a funnier film. Yep. So, yeah. I agree. Um, let's take a look. Role of women in this film? It's pretty good, actually. Yeah, in places. Yeah. For. No, I'm I'm quite happy with it. I mean, yeah. there's several different women representing several different characters. I mean, the queen stands up to the king yeah. halfway near she the end did. of I it. I hadn't considered her. Yeah, good point. The um, Lisa decides, no, I don't want you because you've basically been lying to me for however long. And, and it then, doesn't matter how much money she, is. Yeah. And Patrice is a sexual violating gold digger. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we got, yeah. but there's there's lots of different. So arguably, a strong woman. <laughs> We, we, we have a full range of characters, and, that, yeah. and that's yeah, so as yeah, far yeah, as that yeah. goes, that, that's all I want. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, not all women need to be good in a film; nope, they just no. need yeah. to be representable. And yeah, this film does quite well with that. Okay, Ellie, thoughts on? Yeah, I think Lisa carries a large part of that. She's definitely got her head screwed on. She's like, you know, she's at the start. She's speaking up on a stage, isn't she? And that's what makes him fall for her in the first place. But also the way that Eddie Murphy talks about women. Yeah. Um, Obviously, obviously, it's in direct contrast to all of the awful things that are said by Semi and his dad, and yeah. you know that that completely ridiculous song? idea that's kind of <laughs> at the start. Yeah, but yeah, and the song, but um, you know, yeah, it, it's a nice balance of the things that are bad that are said are there for the humour, and then it's all balanced out by, you know, actually, I want a woman who I can admire for her intelligence as well as her. Whatever he said. I think we have to discuss the girl who's told to bark like a dog. Yeah, that's the, the, that's rough, the, rough. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, oh. that part's that part's hard to reconcile. And even if you go, well, that's the bad, and it's true. Like, but Zamunda and the way that women are treated there. It's if, not, if, if you're trying to make if you're trying to make any sort of statement about you know uh, about about Africa, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, that's that's hard. That that's difficult. Even if the queen has a moment, where she says, "Oh, come on, he's in love." I mean, but it's not until she's out of not until she's out in America. What cures? I don't know what the deal. That was that was that was that was difficult. Yeah. Um. And so I'll say this much: there was this girl hanging around the periphery the whole movie. She's in the yeah, background. She's like in is the, she a in sister? the cab at some point? Yeah. Isn't she? Like, is this is this like his sister? Because like, Semi ends up with her at the end. 
but she was never presented as like a, as like a romantic suitor. When I was a kid, I thought Semi got the girl he that uh, that uh, Akeem was supposed to marry, but that's not who he gets. He gets this woman who's been on the periphery. Oh, I'm convinced okay. there must be some deleted scenes where she's a character. There must be. Maybe she's the princess. I don't know. But yeah, she's in she's in the front of the cab when they're yeah. on the way back to the thing. Isn't she's she? not one of the three yeah. pedal girls. She's clearly no. someone of a seam. She's not. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. not a servant. Weird. He's very weird. Um, but that was me with the women. But I think Lisa's rep- is is great. Yes, I think the way that I think Akeem's whole monologue about a woman who can challenge and he stands up yeah. to all these. Men. I mean, yeah. e- even Cleo, who has to be, I guess, it's male patriarchs in both societies are pushing their women to find security mm-hmm. and someone who can take care of you. And at least that's a universal problem. So yeah, yeah I guess. I the- think we perhaps forget the ridiculousness of that barking woman because it's a fictional country and it's it's fictional it's also it's pl- it's a, clearly a comedy it's supposed it's, to be ridiculous yeah. equally there's the fact that he doesn't he, she's literally saying she will do anything he says and he's using that as a as a bit of a joke and not as yeah, a sexual he's, thing he's, he's not I, doing it on but he makes her do it though yeah. he's humiliating her and he looks he is, to us yeah, to say yeah, look yeah. at how silly this is i can't be i, I keep talking yeah. to myself and i think it's not that bad and then it is that bad i didn't take it so much as him humiliating her as just checking like whether he, this woman actually has he any looks at us though yeah, I didn't notice yeah. that. So he yeah, looks I at us and I goes, didn't that and either, then he continues. He clearly looks at the camera. He does, and yeah. then he does about. Then he goes a big dog, and then he does hop on one leg, and then he does orangutan. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, I think it's maybe one or two too far. And he never says stop it. She yeah. just she's allowed yeah, to yeah. like hop out of the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. That's a bit rough. That is, yeah. But because it happens so Stop early, in, rough. <laughs> but because it rough, happens, rough. but because it happens so early in the film, I think we, we've long forgotten that by the time we, we get to the end. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I think the true version of Eddie Murphy was coming through there. I have no idea. <laughs> I'd laugh if he listened to our podcast. <laughs> I'd laugh if Eddie Murphy listened to our podcast too. <laughs> He's been begging me to be on it for weeks. <laughs> I wish. Um, so let's talk about best character. Best character, best performance. If you want to call it, Liam. Uh, I really liked Lisa in this film. Um, but I also liked um, slightly more. I think that's Shanice Headley. I think that was her name. Yeah, yeah. I Shari Headley. Shari Headley. Thank you. You know how you gravitate towards characters that are more like yourself. And yes, y- your values and stuff. Yes, I think I'm curious to see who at all you're going to play and say this guy's like me or this girl's no, like me. No, 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 Lisa. I mean, with her, you know, she's morals. Where like oh, okay, it's not yeah. about the money. It's about the person. It's about falling in love and stuff like that. I- I'm hearing it too. Yeah, every time. Every time I say rough, you want tee hee hee. Every time I say it's not about the money, we want ha. So who is it? Yeah, her. Her. Yeah, okay, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I want to say. I want to say. I want to say. Uh, Asim is that his name? Hakim. 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 No, no. The the semi. 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 Because so you sort he, of have said it and not said it. At the he same made time. me laugh. He made me laugh more. But I resonated with her more. So her. <laughs> Ellie. Well, I'm going to say Akeem. Okay. Um, I found him quite a likable protagonist. So, yeah. Georgia? Yeah, if we're going character, Akeem, and then just Eddie Murphy's portrayal of however many different characters 
Well, we, we, yeah, we're going to give a special. We've got the sp- yeah. We'll do something in a minute too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I really appreciate that. I enjoyed it. I'm going to go with Sammy. I think I said at the start, Arsenio Hall should act more, he's and brilliant. I don't know why he doesn't. And he's probably the thing because I've seen Eddie Murphy do stuff since. I've seen Arsenio Hall do anything really since this. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him and coming to America in yeah, the sequel. Absolutely. I want to see what he does because I, I really appreciated his story, and he doesn't change, nor does he have to. No. He, he's a supporting character. He does not have an arc. He gets to just be the spoiled brat who's just thankful that the money's come back i laughed i thought it was great yeah so that's fine um there's a lot of good people in this film there but, is. but i think it really is a two-man show and it's it's akeem and it's uh but john amos was also very good i also like um who's the white comedian canadian did you say comedian comedian louis louis anderson yeah him i liked him too yeah like a lovable schmuck kind of yeah, thing going from yeah you know? uh okay so let's do favorites favorite prosthetic version so give me your give me your favorite person in whatever if you want to do a favorite arsenio and a favorite eddie murphy i won't complain okay favorite eddie murphy one was the jewish guy Saul. Saul. yeah okay. <laughs> loved him and the joke at the end that still makes me laugh um semi i'd say arsenio hall is that his name arsenio hall arsenio yeah. hall um i liked him when he was the the, the drag queen the ugly lady the because ugliest woman in the club. The ugliest woman in the club. Okay. Because I loved the interaction between himself. That was, and a, that was a great side gag. It was so good. Yeah. Ellie. Um, it was you didn't really like this stuff, but. No, um, but I was about to abstain and then realized because I didn't realize that Sol was Eddie Murphy, it has to be him. Yeah. Absolutely. Georgia. I really liked the preacher. I don't know which one of them played him. That's Arsenio Hall. Is that also okay? Yeah, I really liked the preacher. I thought he was so ridiculous; it made me laugh. But also, um, the singer in that same scene okay. that yeah, was so that good. was brilliant. Those two, Randy Watson, like a a <laughs> sexual chocolate, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, those two is a bit of a like five minute gag. I thought was really yeah. good. Uh, I'm gonna go with the preacher. Yeah, definitely the preacher. I knew he would. <laughs> because he's my he's my my, my reverend. Since I was a little boy, I love his face. That's really funny. But the, the the preacher who I thought was great, and then my favorite Eddie Murphy is Saul. Yeah, Saul Saul is is great. The Clarence was funny too. Yeah. So, um, there's that one. Uh, favorite moment, favorite element. My favorite moment and element is the bit that George just explained. The singing. Okay. Uh, the Rick James take. Um, that just I just liked it. It just made me laugh. That whole scene was just brilliant. Okay. Uh, Ellie? I think my favourite bit is when they first arrive in America and they think they're being really subtle, like walking through the airport <laughs> with this entourage of bags and everyone's just staring at them. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Georgia? Every time Eddie Murphy shouts in the streets and gets told to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to cheat ever so slightly because I can't separate these two in my head. It's either when uh, Akeem gives the money to Randolph and Mortimer and we get the That's link to the previous cool. film yeah. with the score and everything. Yeah. Uh, but inside the movie, only the movie itself, uh, McDowell's. Yeah. The, the concept of the fake McDonald's that yeah. looks just the same. <laughs> yeah. And like, he's like, oh, you wouldn't get away with that. He wouldn't life. get away with <laughs> no it. But it's the idea that he somehow like kept McDonald's on uh, in, in the hush for all these years. The whole like, my ones don't have seeds and that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that. The golden arcs, not golden arches. arcs, not arches. That's what the guy from the founder should have done. Yeah. Just on the arcs. Um, a grumble. Considering that was supposed to be written by Eddie Murphy, some of the language I didn't quite like. Okay. Um, I've, do you forgive him for writing it? Do you? I don't know. I, 
it just didn't sit right knowing that was written by him or well, i don't know i mean you can you can you can create character you're allowed to write characters who are racists yeah doesn't make you a racist to write a, to, no, to create a character no, who's a racist no but it just seemed like i don't know it's just it just don't it don't sit well with me yeah that's, that's all that's totally fine yeah uh ellie I don't think it's going to surprise anyone to hear that my grumble is about all of the barbershop yeah, um, scenes. I I really hated it. I just found it loud and okay. Like, how, how did you feel shouty. about how did you feel about the stuff where he was in different costumes, but it was like at the Black Awareness rally as opposed to was that better? What as in like the preacher and when he was the, the preacher and the singer. No, not really. I hated oh, okay. those characters as well. Okay. I hated them less than the barbershop. So my specific grumble is the scenes in the barbershop. Okay. Um, but I didn't like any of the prosthetic oh, I like characters. Those. Uh, Georgia, I mentioned it earlier, but specifically, I think it's Clarence, the, the barber with the like grey straight straight uh, hair. Yeah, yeah. His his like prosthetic line and how that didn't move and wasn't stuck to his forehead properly just wound me up the whole time it was <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> uh, I can't reconcile Cleo. Like, we forgive him. I don't think we should. No, not really. Like, he crosses the line. I don't care if he doesn't say, I won't take your money. He's still... He, he, he basically... He, basically he, he, he literally arranges his daughter's marriage. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He literally does that in America. So he's going to give the big speech about what it means to be an yeah. American in about half an hour. Uh, I, I don't know why we forgive him so early for that, because he turns down a check. The, yeah, but... Is he just, learning? But he, and he wins... At, the problem is that he wins at the end, isn't it? Yeah, because... I think that's because that is so much money. And he has been money driven. Yeah. By the one, two, three million, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's why we forgive him. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the film tells me I should, so I do, yeah. but I'm not sure if I should. That's, yeah, my, yeah, that's, yeah. that's my concern with it. So that's mine. Um, is this anybody's best role ever? Akeem? Eddie Murphy? <laughs> no. The other one. Oh, but you keep Arsenio Semi, Hall. Semi. Akeem is the lead character. Yeah. How are you messing Arsenio this up? Arsenio Hall. Uh, Semi. He's not. Semi. As, he's half as important. Semi. 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 <laughs> Him. Okay, the guy who's done nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Uh, uh, anybody? I mean, it's obviously on James Earl Jones. It's uh, Eddie. Anybody want to say it's Eddie Murphy's best? Um, no, I, I like Donkey. Is so good. It's difficult when it's comparing to voice acting, isn't it? Yeah. I'll say 90% communication is, is nonverbal, so I've even won Ethan over to that viewpoint. So I'm going to say this is Eddie Murphy's best performance. I think mm. I've seen him in fewer things than you have, but probably from what I have seen, it's my favorite. I'm, I'm open to having my mind changed, but as it currently sits, I'll, I'll say this to this point. This is my favorite Eddie Murphy thing. Always ha- Kind of always has been. What's that Pluto one that he did? Oh, jeez. The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Are you sure that's not his best? Or, or, dist- <laughs> or Distinguished Gentlemen or, or Vampires in Brooklyn? Vampires in Brooklyn. Jeez. I think this might be the only film that I've seen him actually act as him and not as a voice actor. So I Have you, not seen I the, my... you haven't seen The Nutty Professor? No. Oh, really? Okay, don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Um, outside of that, no one else has really been in much. No. Oh, he's definitely better in this than he is in the Haunted Mansion. Yes, oh. better in this Haunted Mansion, absolutely. So, uh, all that's left for us to go now is... Oh, yeah, I forgot that's Eddie Murphy. My age, what's my age again? What's my age again? People are talking all over my drops this they, week. Uh, Sorry. Uh, was that Georgia going, oh, I forgot he was in here. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's who Eddie Murphy is. <laughs> bling, bling. Um, so, Ellie, what do we got today? Uh, well, we're going to start with Eddie Murphy, believe it or not. 
I'm going to show the gate at number 27. Okay, I'm going to say 28. Ooh. Mm, 32. He's 27. Oh, oh so close. Get in there. Snuck in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shari he- Heedley, who oh. plays Lisa. Lisa, ooh. 24. 26. 23. The first is the winner again. It's 24. Get in. I figured it out now. It's about being first. <laughs> <laughs> this cannot this cannot backfire me in any way. Right, I'm going to try to give I'm going to start saying numbers before we even hear who <laughs> <Yeah>. it is. <laughs> See, I, I would like that if it was on in the other foot because uh, I, I never have a clue. So sometimes I just go, what's the person before me said? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll kind of split the difference. Um, Arsenio Hall, semi. Mm. That's, that's the secondary character, Liam. 29. Uh, I'm going to go 28. I'll stay with that. I think he's a little 26. bit older. He is older. He's 32. Wow. Oh, come on. Dang it. <laughs> God um, dang it. See, I got him first. G- Sorry? James Earl Jones, he plays... James Earl Jones. E. Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. 52. Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. Mufasa, Mufasa. <laughs> 54. Ooh. Oh, I was going to go older. I was going to say 62. We've had all three of us. Sorry, I didn't hear Liam. 52. Um, Liam said 52. I said 54. Uh, George said 62. Two. He is 57. That's Ooh, me. Well done. <laughs> You're getting all excited. A little, little, little dance there. <laughs> and then finally, John Amos. Oh, okay, John Nadal. Amos. Uh, 48. 51. Ooh. 54. 49. <laughs> oh, you got that one, yeah. Come on. If I said 50, we would have split that. <laughs> all right, thank you very much. Uh, that is the issue. So, uh, the critics, the critics, Georgia, what do we have for the critics, please? Yeah, we've got uh, a few bits and pieces. Uh, nothing particularly highly rated. Um, it seemed to be a bit of a Marmite film, to be fair, amongst critics. Uh, we've For got, people uh, who don't live here, Marmite means you either love it or oh, you sorry. hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not a global thing, then? Not really, no. Oh, okay. No. Uh, so Gavin Bainbridge from Empire gave uh, said... Landis's latest keeps you laughing, not with its originality, of which there is little, but with its confidence to outjoke its predecessors on this much-trodden ground. Um, we gave it three out of five. Uh, and then we get from the Film 4 staff, we get, The winning combination of Landis and Murphy redeems the very predictable storyline, which is chock-full of snappy one-liners in impressive caricatures by Murphy and Hall, which I think we've spoken about. That's quite quite accurate. Um, and then Variety staff didn't seem to like this very much. They say, starts on a bathroom joke, quickly followed by a gag about private parts, then wanders in search of something equally original for Eddie Murphy to do for another couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a really funny review. I looked for Ebes. I couldn't find it anywhere. I'm, I'm literally looking right now and can't find it either. No, that is surprising. I find it, yeah. All right, so... Have such- you tried Googling... Ebs. No, I haven't Googled Ebs. <laughs> so maybe we'll do this amendment, but I can't find anything either. So there you go. Thank you, Georgia.
uh, our critics, and if I'm reading those who responded to a direct tweet, so okay, hopefully yeah. you re- reply on the tweet because that's how you're going to get read. Because I'm just trying. It's just it's a it's a big world sometimes, guys. Yeah, I know. Uh, so let's start with friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Who said, I loved Eddie Murphy for a 10-year period. Golden Child is underrated. It is. Never heard of it. Oh, it's great. And this I is, got the knife. And this was one of his best. It is continuously funny with so many quotable lines. Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall created so many great characters, and they all worked here, unlike later films such as The Nutty Professor. As well as being funny, this film is hard. You root for a king to be successful and win Lisa's heart. Honorable mention to the barbershop guys. Always mm-hmm. loved those scenes. So Dwayne is on the opposite end of the spectrum to Ellie. Ellie, yeah. Uh, the Film Effect podcast said, actually watching my 4K disc of this film as we speak. It's oh. been a minute since I've watched it all the way through. Also wanted to revisit it before the sequel, so it, so far it holds up pretty well. I always forget Landis did this movie too. A friend of the podcast, The Paul and Griff Show, says, a movie that probably hasn't aged well to new audiences, but is still a very funny movie with Murphy in his prime. Arsenio Hall doesn't get enough credit and is equally True. very funny. I'm right there with you, yeah. Griff. With Trading Places, could this be cinema's first multiverse? Could be. Because they share a universe, yeah, don't they? Do, they? Yeah. They share a universe. I don't know if I call it a multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, he's not bouncing between no, no. dimensions. Universe, though, yeah. Yeah. universe, yes. Shared universe. Same timeline. All of a sudden, we get like five different Eddie Murphys coming together in a film. Yeah, uh, Chuck goes to, to the be movies. Fair, that is kind of what we do get. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chuck goes to the movie. Says, "I love this movie, and I'm so disappointed the sequel didn't meet any of my expectations." Well, there's a little pre-early entry mm. for the coming to America theater. Skip it. I guess he would say, "Skip it." Russell, the posty. Hey, 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 hey Mister Postman Post says, "I've forgotten how funny it is." Murphy's in his prime. The character of Prince Akeem is extremely likable, and you really get behind him in his quest to win over Lisa. Hall doesn't get enough credit for his role. Would love True. to see outtakes of the ugly girl in the nightclub scene. Yeah, That's a great too. idea. That'd be good. Uh, three men and a baby Yoda podcast. Ooh, great name. That is a great name. Great name. Yeah. Just wrote, when thinking of garbage, think of Akeem. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Julene from It Goes Down in the PM says this movie was hilarious. The scene with the barking woman stayed with me all these years and Daryl was easily the most hateable character. I wonder how this is aged, but I watched again and was still like, yep, still hilarious. It is. It oh, I, I, I agree with her. It made me laugh. Yeah, yeah I don't you're think a convert. It's aged that I badly. Yeah. No, I guess not. I mean, I mean, I, I've seen it. I, I guess it's we have two very different perspectives, George, and they're both, I think, yeah. fair enough in, in their own. Like I saw this when it right came out, pretty much, and then I've seen it again and gone, oh, I think it still's okay. Yeah. George has to see it for the first time, which is in uh, whoever said about first watchers. I think it was uh, Paul and Griff. Paul and Griff, yeah. Yeah, but um, you've actually got this, you know, the perspective of, of a new view and seemed to, it seemed like it. So, yeah. Um, I, I hope the comedy doesn't get to a part where you can't, we, we can't make fun of anything. Yeah, that, you that, can't be a shame. censor everything, can you? Uh, Mixed Media Forest Podcast, that's a new contributor, I think, mm-hmm. says, I loved coming to America as a kid. Today, it's got a lot of flaws, but it's always in a place in my heart regardless. To be loved, to be loved, oh, what a feeling to be loved. Uh, you can write in again. That was well done. That was. That was well, and even had little heart emojis at the end uh, of it, so there we go. 
uh, your next favorite movie wrote in and said, this was the movie where I first saw nudity in a film. Yep. What's funny is I had watched it a few times on TBS before, but when I saw it on HBO the first time, I was pretty surprised. That sounds like you'd say, Liam. (laughs) The memory of just the nudity. That's it. Uh, Mixed Media Forest podcast just returns with another quote, the royal penis is clean, your highness. And so, yep, that is the scene. So thank you, anybody and everybody who wrote in. That is always... um, always a pleasure to see what you guys all think about what we are talking about so all that's left for us to do really is give our reviews and then ellie will have to finally decide on a movie she doesn't look panicked i'm guessing she may have come up with something so liam where are you ranking this well before i watched it i was gonna give it a five but since re-watching it and making me laugh and enjoying it it's it's aged pretty pretty well i'm gonna give it an eight an eight from liam eight your eight your royal highnesses eight your royal highnesses <laughs> we, we won't say what part of royal highness we're <laughs> yeah. doing that on i'm trying to keep it clean so, something's clean we know that much <laughs> so uh ellie i'm gonna give it a seven a seven from ellie seven seven georgia yeah i'm going seven too it was it was wasn't bad wasn't brilliant but it was it was good all right, so that's the two girls giving us seven. Liam gave it an eight, and I am giving it eight pots of soul glow <laughs> out of ten. And so that puts us in a nice little sort of 7.5 and actually puts it right along the same lines as something along the lines of Groundhog Day. It's sort of oh, right okay, there, yeah. um, probably the bottom third, but by no means a bad movie whatsoever. And no. kind of where, if, if, if I may sort of declare my sort of thought process, where the film deserves to be. Yeah. In the grand scheme of the films we've looked at, I'm not looking at this one going, deserves to be higher. No, feel, no, feel, no, no, no. Feels all right. Yeah, feels all right. I can't believe yeah. two sevens and two eights puts it in bottom third. Yeah, I, I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? we're looking for the best film ever, so we, we tend to see a lot of good ones. Mm-hmm. And, and transpotting, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm never going to, that's never going to be let go. That's going to be, uh, it used to be The Dark Knight. Now we're bugging yeah. you about this. Transpotting. So everyone's, okay, everyone's got, the, well, you two will have your, I don't think Liam and I have those movies that we go, remember when you did this? Yeah. I don't think so. No. Maybe it's the one you gave the crow like nine and a half. <laughs> hey, I followed my heart. So I love that movie. You're allowed to love that movie. It's my favorite rom-com, rom-com of all time. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Ellie, we have reached that time. What are we watching next week for the first time on, in like Forever. only the second time in like half a year? I don't know what we're watching next week. So I'm excited about this. Yeah, me too. We'll see if my face changes when I hear what we're watching. Yeah. Oh, I've, I have still got three open on my on my phone screen, but I think I've chosen which one. Well, I have to have chosen which one I'm going for because I'm announcing it right now. Yes, you are. So I'm going to go for a completely different change of pace. Um, next week, we are going to watch something that is animated, um, but not something along the lines of Disney. Um, we are going to watch Paddington. Oh, I like Paddington. I'm okay with this. I'm okay. I haven't seen. I have it. not seen this, Me but either. I have wanted to because Paddington Two is rated really highly. Yeah, and so I would like to it's watch number one good. before I get to number yeah. two. Same. Okay. Yeah. I I really like these films. Yeah, I'm okay with this. I, I want to see this in the cinema, and I missed it. What other podcast, folks, is going to give you like Silence of the Lambs three weeks ago, <laughs> yeah. and then come back with Paddington? Paddington yeah, <laughs> just asking. Just asking. Okay, so Paddington next week. Mm. Wow. I'm looking forward to this. I am looking forward to this. Yeah. Good. Yeah. 
And All it's right. so unusual that it's me and Georgia that have seen the film before. And, and you two have it. Yeah. Well, there we there are. We are. There we are, yeah. Look and at I, that. And look at us with our open minds about it, too. I went, oh. What is not to love about a cuddly bear who likes Marmite? Like, here, uh, let's be fair. Okay. I, I am aware of the sort of myth, uh, of the existing intellectual... Source material. Call it IP so stupid. I'm aware of a source material. I'm aware of Paddington Bear. I have bought my niece and nephew... Like little Paddington bears when I've come home before. I know I had the books read to me when I was a kid, so it's not like I don't know the kind of idea of who the character. I saw the old TV show where it's like all stop yeah, motion. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's, it's wonderful. George just brought a character. Uh, Marmite again, right? Is Marmite Vegemite in yes America? No, 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 no. Yeast, no. yeast extract paste. Yes, we, you, you can buy Marmite as the brand Marmite. You can buy you can buy the actual thing. Do but people Patty- eat it? No. Oh, okay. So there's like one jar on the shelf at my local whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can probably find it in British specialty shops, but like it's under the name Marmite. Specialty We wouldn't know what Vegemite is. Vegemite only exists from jokes jokes about Australia. That's all we know about it from. Oh, okay. So like, what is that? Land Down Under. Vegemite sandwich. They're coming from a land down under. under. Yeah. Yeah. So you have that. But as far as... I think it's Marmalade, not Marmalade. Marmalade, not Marmite. That the tongue. Yeah, sorry. So, marmalade, late, lady, lady marmalade. No, it'll be Paddington Bear <laughs> next, or just Paddington. Just called Paddington, right? The yeah. film is, yeah. Okay, just Paddington. Am I right in thinking that somebody was supposed to do the voice of Paddington, and then they changed the voice? It was supposed to be, yes. It was originally supposed to be. We'll tackle this next week, but I believe it was supposed to be Colin Firth, and he couldn't make it work. Yeah, I believe. And that done virtually quite a lot. Of and now is it Hugh Bonneville? Is that who does it in the end? It's Ben Wishaw. Ben Ben Wishaw is Hugh Bonneville oh. in the film. He Bonneville must uh, be yeah, in it. He's, yeah, okay. He's Mr. Brown. Okay, I'm looking forward okay. to talking about this next week. And Ben Wishaw is the guy who plays Q in the new James Bond films. Am I right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. He's a good looking man. He is. If I just may he's say so. He's got a good voice too. Yeah. I like his voice a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. his voice. Sounds good. So this is. Oh, you know what? Paul and Griff are going to love this. There's quite a lot of Moulin Rouge stars in Paddington. Is there really? <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. And I'm told we now have actually located a Roger Ebert review. Ellie, I think you've got it. Why don't you go ahead and read it out? Okay. So Roger Ebert says, "Um, I was also impressed by Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall in terms of what they both did on screen. I thought that both of them showed an enormous range of comic ability. Um, What surprised me, though, was the screenplay. First of all, this plot is so old fashioned and is so hackneyed and so recycled out of 100 other fairy tales and other movies that I was waiting to see what kind of twist or spin Eddie Murphy was going to put on it. And there wasn't any. And the second thing is the energy level of the movie is so low. This is the first Eddie Murphy movie that I've ever seen that can accurately be described as lethargic. You talk about how he's sweet and laid back. I think he's way too laid back. I wanted to see Eddie Murphy take this prince and not play him so straight and so sweet, but give him a little bit of an edge. And the whole idea of judging women on the basis just of their physical appearance and their external qualities. Did I like it? No. They're both talented guys. Give them a screenplay. Wow. Mm, okay. Expect that. No. Not a fan. No, I'm yeah. not a fan. Yeah. Maybe just... But as that's not on the... Um, typical roger ebert website it doesn't have a star rating okay well it's just it's just hard i guess maybe for in the moment and you were expecting and you had anticipation because we don't have that we don't have anticipation seeing this film yeah but if you're like what are these guys going to come out with and you come with this you might go i was expecting from eddie murphy uh, maybe yeah, push the envelope a little bit more yeah 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 <laughs> 
All right. So please join us next time as we review Paddington. Everybody, please bring your pots of marmalade alongside for the I'm review. Actually, if we do, actually, I might buy marmalade just for this. Marmalade. Absolutely. <laughs> um, a cup of tea. I might get a raincoat. A cup of tea. A <laughs> Mac, yeah? Yeah. Marmalade sandwich. A cup of tea and some marmalade sandwiches. Oh, sounds all right. As the guy who has to talk his way through it, I won't be able to do anything. Mm-hmm. He'll be like, you guys should stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, but do, please do join us next week for that. Also, check out all the stuff we got coming out on the best film so ever, much. and talk and make it. There's lots of good stuff, mm-hmm. and thanks to everybody else for contributing throughout. So, for best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ellie, and I've been Georgia. And you know what? We're a film review podcast. There's a lot of film review podcasts out there. Sometimes we sound the same. We might do some of the same segments, but just remember, our buns have no seats. <laughs> That's good. We'll see you next time. Catch on the flippity flip flop. <laughs>